You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors on Star Wars Episode Nine, Star Wars The Mandalorian, The Clone Wars, The Resistance, and all the other awesome projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-hosts, Tim and Paul, with me. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's up, guys? We made it to 2019. <laughs> it's finally here. We, we said on our previous episodes how awesome of a year it's probably going to be for Star Wars, and now we're in it. And I couldn't be more excited. I mean, it kind of feels like for me anyway, the excitement of what I felt going into 2015 with The Force Awakens and even 20 years ago, which is hard to believe, going into 1999 with The Phantom Menace about to come out that year. Even though it's different where Episode Nine is ending a trilogy, or in those two years it was the beginning of new trilogies, but just with all the other awesome stuff we can expect in 2019 just gives you that excitement of like new star wars like we've never seen before so yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm just thankful my microphone made it through 2019 so <laughs> <laughs> oh you before we started recording yeah we, we were having some audio issues a few minutes ago paul sounded like a droid but um Which I, I we're, we're fine we're all fine here now thank you uh how are you guys <laughs> happy new year 2019 uh, it's happy gonna gonna be an awesome year for star wars so um but you know what before we jump into the news and talking about the stuff that's coming up this year um i wanted to just take a few minutes and we'll look back on 2018 and kind of do a year in review because it was also a big year for star wars a lot of ups a lot of downs um a lot of stuff happened um so let's just kind of you know look back on that for a moment i mean obviously i think even though the last jedi came out in 2018 i mean that or 2017 i mean um that was obviously still fresh on everybody's minds at the start of 2018 um and, you know, I think is obviously what, still one of the most polarizing uh, movies in the Star Wars franchise. So I think we started off 2018 on a little bit of a rocky start um, with people very much on, you know, one side or the other of the discussion um, in that regard. And then, of course, you have people like, I mean, I think for all of us, we can say our opinions on it changed. You know, there's some people that loved it from day one, some people that hated it from day one and a lot of in between. Um so I guess just and I know we've talked about this before, but what kind of what are you guys' thoughts on the Last Jedi as it stands now? Um, you know, a, a year or more now uh, since it's been released. 
man, yeah, you could go a lot of different ways with that. <laughs> but it's funny because I once that one year anniversary hit, I mean, a lot of people were talking about it. It's hard not to because it was just such, like you said, like an experience we haven't felt a long time with Star Wars, maybe even ever before for a Star Wars movie. But um, I did put a poll up uh, once on that one year anniversary hit, ask, asking our listeners and Twitter followers, just what are your thoughts on the movie one year later? And I was, it started off with the kind of responses as far as like, it was pretty even from the four choices, but it kind of split as it, the poll ended, but the choices were um, still love it, still hate it, got better over time, got worse over time. So coming in only at 50% was the still hate it for those who didn't like it. And then at 16% um, felt that it got worse over the year. And 20% said it got better for them over time, which is probably the category I fell into, especially even after the first viewing of it. But at 49%, at um, least for our listeners and followers, say they still love it um, from once they saw it a year ago. So it is interesting. But yeah, for me, like I said, I fell into that category as far as got better over time. And I said it when we recorded our massive episode for The Last Jedi, how each viewing, I just liked it more and more and more and appreciated for what the story they were trying to tell. And I still feel the same way about it. I'll say that I love it, which I did back then once I hit my third viewing. But even though with some issues I still have with it, it's mainly not too much from a narrative. There is still a little bit, but it's just like minor stuff, a little of the humor uh, that I didn't really work for me, certain uh, sequences. But it's nothing that, for me anyway, takes away from the grand narrative of the story that we're trying to tell and what's in there that was being told really well. And I really liked it. And it got better for me over time. So, um, yeah, I haven't... I've watched it a few times over the course of 2018 and it is a movie for the stuff I really love. It just gets better for me. The Luke and Ray and Kylo stuff. It's just, I think it's fantastic. And the stuff that bugs me, some of the, like I said, the humor, the stuff in cancel bite, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's not, I mean, it's easier now that if it's get really bothered to me, I could just skip it. <laughs> it answers the movie a little bit that way. So that's like, no, not really big harm being done for me anyway. So yeah, I think this is where the last Jedi is always going to be. I'm, in the camp that says I love it. We'll see if episode nine elevates, elevates it anymore when we see it as a complete trilogy later this year. So yeah, but everyone has a different reaction for it as we look, realize in the poll. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes from here, but the conversation I don't think is going to stop anytime soon. You would think maybe after a year, uh, we've all, as Star Wars fans said, what we needed to say about The Last Jedi, but I think it's, um, as we saw with the year reflection on it there was more conversation i think as we get closer to episode nine and even after episode nine seeing how the trilogy wraps up that conversation is going to continue so it should be interesting as we move forward with this movie mm-hmm. yeah my my opinion is is really it, it goes it's stay it's been staying in like it has to wait and see how episode nine ends and i i argue with my with my friends about this all the time and and I just, you know, and they try to tell me, oh, you don't need it's it's good on its own. And I'm like, you know, that's again, it's all subjective. And and honestly, for me, I, I need to see how it ends in order for me to justify what goes on in the in these in that movie. It just does. It's hard for me to watch it and, and not it, and to rely so much and in, in, in to end it on such a, an awkward way, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that. I have to see how they how it how it's brought home. It's 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 really hard for me not to like figure that out or just to kind of get behind that. It's a film, you know, that I I don't hate the movie. I don't I just don't love it. 
and and I think I could end up loving it once the trilogy is over and I can kind of like get over some of the decisions that were made story wise or or whatever and just seeing how JJ ends it. But you know, as of right now, I, I think it's a movie that has problems. You know, it really does. And I think that like it's a movie that is I, I for better or for worse, split fandom down the middle. And you can argue that you know, the people who are pro Last Jedi are going to say that, oh, it's all oh, a small minority who don't like it. And I just disagree. It's it's a bigger it's a bigger, you know, population of people that don't like the movie. Yeah. And and I, I just I just refuse to to, to believe or to, it's it's to me, it's foolish to ignore that 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 side is, is, a, is a small minority. It's not. There's a number of people who did not like the movie. I, I you know, and I'm, yeah. I'm not I don't and I don't count myself as one of them, but. I guess some people who are super pro Last Jedi, maybe they would consider me anti Last Jedi because I don't love it. I just think I like I just like it. Okay, there's there's, there's moments that I love about it. There's moments that I can't stand about it, and that hasn't changed for probably since they came out on video. Um, you know, since I've been I've watched it, and I've watched it a number of times. It's not like I just have only seen it like two times. I've seen that movie almost like fifteen, you know, twenty times, and it's again because there's there's moments in there that I love, but. A year into it, you know, I, I did a little thread on Twitter and I just said there's moments that are great. There's moments there's moments that aren't great. And I don't agree with everything that happens in it. But you know what? I got to see what happens in the third film to kind of see how this tr- how this trilogy really is, uh, how it ends up for me. But, yeah, it's a movie that, like I said, it, it there's beautiful things in it. The 4K looks beautiful. You know, there's things about it that are really good. But. It just for me, it's just it's not one of my favorites. It's blow. It's kind of towards the bottom of, of the films, and and it's you know. But at the same time, there's there's days that I I really don't like it. That I could say that I'm I'm part of the of that that uh, that uh, population that doesn't like the movie. And there's parts of it that I fall into the people that love the Last Jedi, where I'm like, man, this movie is really good. It's just hard. So I just I'm very wishy washy on it. So that's why I just say I'm I'm kind of hit and miss on it. Yeah, and I would, I mean, I would say I mostly agree with you, Paul. Um, Like, I don't know, I I think I would fall into that category on the poll that you posted, Tim, of people who, you know, my opinion on it kind of soured a little bit over the year. Um, And I will say, I've been saying this for a while now, I haven't gotten around to it, but I, I... Definitely want to watch it again. Give it another chance because while it was in theaters, I loved you it. You got to do it before episode nine, Kyle. Come oh well, well, obviously. <laughs> no, I'm talking. I want to do this soon. Um, but like, because I saw it five times in the theater and I loved it. Um, and I'm trying. I can't remember how many times I watched it once it came out on Blu-ray. I think maybe only a couple times. But the most recent time that I watched it was like a few months ago. And for some reason, it just left a sour taste in my mouth. Like I hadn't watched it in a while since it was out in the theaters. And then I watched it, you know, at home and it was just like, man, this isn't as good as I remember it being, or like more of the issues were sticking out to me or something like that. Um, but I definitely don't hate it. I would, I mean, honestly, on the grand scale of things, I would count myself as one of the pro last Jedi people, especially because I loved it so much, like just on my first couple of viewings of it. Um, but definitely, you know, I, I have my issues with it for sure, but I think I like the movie overall as a whole. Um, I definitely don't hate it, but it, I mean, kind of like you said, Paul, I would rank it kind of more towards the bottom of my list. Um, just because there's so much great stuff in star Wars and there's other movies that I like better. Um, 
But, you know, some of the stuff in there, like like you guys were talking about, the Luke and Ray and Kylo stuff is all fantastic. Um, and it's funny because I remember saying on the show when we reviewed it for the first time, I said I went into The Last Jedi thinking if they killed off Luke Skywalker, I would hate the movie and hate Ryan Johnson. And they did it anyways, and I still liked the movie. But I think that's one of the things that I've soured on a little bit over time. Like, I really wish they hadn't killed Luke off. Um and then also, you know, some of the stuff like the Canto bite and the uh, the Finn and Rose, like, kiss at the end and her crashing into him and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, just, like, I, I have my issues with it. There's things I'd wish it, that they had done differently, but there's still a lot to love about it. Um, and, Paul, you're absolutely right that I think people's opinion of it, I mean, you kind of have to take it as its own standalone thing, but I also think that Episode Nine could do a lot to, I don't know, put people's minds at ease or to move past that. Um, just kind of depending on where they pick up those threads and where they go from there. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see um, sort of what the aftermath of that is, um, how it all plays out in episode nine, where they take the story from there, how they resolve everything um, and how that maybe impacts people's views of the last Jedi after the fact. Um but yeah, I mean, definitely, and Paul, you brought this up, like, the fact that when the movie came out and there was so much kind of negativity, and especially, I mean, it was so weird because it had such a, it got such high praise from critics, and then uh, such a negative reception from certain fans, I mean, obviously not everybody hates it, and it's not just, like, people just kind of generally think it's okay, and then there's some people that hate it, I mean, it's it's a very polarizing split between people that love the movie and people that detest the movie, Um and a lot of that hatred and stuff, at first, it was easy to attribute that to just a vocal minority of people that hated the movie. Um, and I do definitely think there is still a minority that are like the, you know, the trolls and the haters and the people that, you know, said the nasty things to, you know, Kelly Marie Tran on social media and people that bully, you know, even Ryan Johnson and like all these people um, just being negative for the sake of being negative. But there's a difference between that and people that have legitimate gripes with the movie. And I think over time it became more and more apparent that, no, it's not just a tiny group of haters. Like, there are a lot of people that either legitimately just didn't really like it or liked it but had issues with certain things in it and that not everybody uh, just absolutely loved it. So, um, yeah, that was a really kind of weird way to start off the year, especially with The Force Awakens and Rogue One and, uh, you know, I mean, I've heard some negative opinions on those, but at least at the time they came out um, – got, you know, a lot of praise from both critics and fans. And so it was kind of uncharted territory. Um, or not really uncharted territory, more like going back to the Phantom Menace territory um, to see. Almost like times 10 Phantom Menace. Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, I mean, because with the Phantom Menace, you didn't have social media, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to gauge. Like I was only eight years old when the Phantom Menace came out. So I wasn't really aware of like any negativity going on at that time because I freaking loved Jar Jar Binks uh, when I was a kid. But um, you know, I can just imagine like that level of, uh, just sort of contention and then, you know, magnified tenfold by Twitter and Facebook and just all these online platforms that we have now. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that got 2018 off to, uh, an interesting start to say the least. Um, and then of course, I was just going to say, which is disappointing for me because like you just talked about, we're coming off such a great high of the force awakens and rogue one star Wars mm -hmm. is back in some cases, you know, better than ever. And there was a part of me that thought, even though I loved the prequels, I was thinking, okay, we left that 
era of Star Wars behind where it was that split and there's some of those people who love the people <laughs> and hate it. Yeah. And then we got this. <laughs> that's the that's where the disappointment came in for me, whereas we're going back to that time period where there's a, such a polarizing and controversial Star Wars movie again. But but got to realize once we were getting Star Wars movies every year, that was something that was probably going to happen. But not anymore. I think that's I think that's what 2018 kind of taught me about star wars and this is again someone who loves star wars one of his favorite things to to do in, in, in his spare time is talk about consume star wars but that star wars really you know you you, you almost thought that maybe it was george lucas right and I, again I, I don't i never thought that maybe when i was in high school i thought that when the phantom menace came out for me and then as i got older i definitely like loved the prequels way more and i appreciate everything artistically what george had did but you kind of thought that george kind of like burned himself and and everyone just was like you know that's what the bias was like oh it's just george lucas that's mm-hmm. the problem right yep. blah, blah blah so i almost kind of thought maybe it was just george and now they're going to get like these not as i'll be honest i mean not as creative and and you know not as out there kind of concepts we're going to get, you know, more, you know, I, I don't want to say cookie cutter. I'm not trying to, you know, criticize JJ and Ryan Johnson because they've made some creative, cool choices. But you know what I mean? George is a visionary. He, let's be real. He's more of a visionary than those two. Mm-hmm. And what, yeah. whether they make better overall films is a subjective thing. But I would all I think we'd all agree that George is way more ambitious than JJ and Ryan Johnson. Um, yeah. But 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 that being said. What 2018 taught me was that, no, it's not just George Lucas. This is fans are ready. If they does not go, if there is anyone that goes against conventional wisdom for what they want, fans are going to freak out. And I think that's always been there. I mean, I should be a no brainer, but it showed that Star Wars is not untouchable, even with George Lucas, that even without George, that someone could easily be a scapegoat for, for Star Wars, you know, or someone that to throw blame and, and, and use it as, as hatred. Cause let's be real. Ahmad, you know, as we know, Ahmad best said he was suicidal back in 99 when that movie came out, the backlash he received. Mm-hmm. And then people are still harassing Ryan Johnson and all these people, you know, and Daisy really left Twitter or left Instagram. And it's a, it's a thing, man. And it showed me that there's a dark side of, you know, of, of Star Wars than, than we, you know, care to admit or not. And it's it's hard to figure out what how to combat it because some people combat it through altercation. And there's people like me who kind of do a little bit of both of altercation slash kind of ignoring because I'm like to acknowledge it is to give it power in some regards. But you also don't want to just, you know put your head in the sand either which is i don't want to do that either so i'm caught in a really awkward place of i want to communicate and tell people that when they're wrong but they're out of line but i also don't want to just feed people like who are just want attention so what this last year kind of showed me was star wars is susceptible to just it's 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 human or it's not perfect and it's Mm -hmm. it's not infallible it's it can be corruptible in a sense and and I, I say that in a sense to where it can hurt itself, you know, it, it can because look at Solo. And that's and that to me is what the 2018 taught me was that, you know, Star Wars can hurt itself so much that it could you it could put out a quality product like Solo and that the that the that whatever your opinion of the Last Jedi is, the Last Jedi affected Solo. 
one way or another. Well, for sure. Um, and obviously, you know, that was the the next point I was going to move on to is talking about Solo. You know, they came out in May. Um, and yeah, I think for the most part, it's, you know, it did like, I don't know anybody that hated that movie. Um, I know some people that, you know, it wasn't their favorite thing, but like, I know a lot of people that generally liked it or thought it was pretty good. And I know some people that absolutely loved it. Um, That'd be me. I, yeah, like Paul. <laughs> um, but, um, and I mean, you guys know my take on this, like it's, it's definitely not my favorite of, in fact, it, it might be my least favorite of the new movies only because and, and it's, it's so hard to say because solo I would just say is overall pretty good. The last Jedi wavers between, you know, great and not so great. And solo is kind of somewhere right in the middle there. Um, but it's just because it has the lowest stakes and the lowest sort of overall impact on the saga as a whole, but it's a fun movie. Like I love the, you know, just the action and the visuals and the, the characterizations of Han and Chewie and Lando, um, you know, and especially with all the production trouble that that movie had, I think Ron Howard did a great job coming in and salvaging that movie and making something mm -hmm. decent out of it. So, um, you know, I have nothing to gripe about with Solo. And then, of course, there's the Darth Maul scene. Um, and, you know, again, it was generally well received, um, didn't really, you know, blow many people away. But like, you know, it, it had a much better overall reception than The Last Jedi. Let's put it that way. Um, but then, you know, just far you know underwhelmed at the box office um and i mean it didn't do terrible it wasn't like a huge flop but definitely by star wars standards um yeah it's a flop know, by star wars standards. yeah yeah exactly like it made a it made a decent amount of money for you know any just random summer blockbuster movie but you know it far underperformed by star wars standards um especially when you had you know force awakens is like the third highest grossing movie of all time and uh, Rogue One and The Last Jedi both made well over a billion dollars and, you know, solo, I forget exactly what the total was, but um, definitely performed way below everybody's expectations. And I think like we were just talking about, The Last Jedi definitely had some impact on that, but I blame it more on the scheduling. Um, I think The Last Jedi would have, or I, I think Solo would have done so much better if they had released it in December like they've been doing with all the Star Wars movies so far. Um, because I think, uh, you know, obviously the last Jedi was kind of a hot topic all year and probably still will be into this year. Um, but just sort of the, the firestorm around it definitely had calmed down a little bit by the end of the year, as opposed to midway through the year. Um, and especially because, you know, it was just a few months after the last Jedi had come out, you couldn't really talk about solo and star Wars in general without somebody bringing up the last Jedi and, you know, how is this going to hurt solo and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think just, and obviously Disney couldn't have foreseen that they probably were expecting a lot better reception to the last Jedi. But I think if solo Definitely, came out yeah. in December, uh, you know, that whole thing would have had more time to cool over. And then, you know, we've talked about too, just sort of the crowded competition at the box office, infinity war was still in theaters and Deadpool two and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, I think just the combination of, um, you know, just the, that crowded, uh, competition at the box office for the summer and maybe just a little bit of movie fatigue in general, as opposed to maybe a little star Wars fatigue with, you know, two movies coming out back to back just six months apart, um, or not even six, I guess like five months apart. 
And then the fact that, you know, a lot of people either were, you know, straight up boycotting Solo because they hated The Last Jedi or maybe just because of all the controversy around The Last Jedi, they just maybe were, you know, a little hesitant to jump back into that and, you know, wanted to wait to watch Solo on, you know, Netflix or on Blu-ray or whatever. Um, because then, you know, once it came out on uh, on Blu-ray, you know, it got a lot more hype and uh, I'm sure there were a lot of people that saw like the Darth Maul clip on YouTube and were like, wait, he's in this movie. And, um, you know, it was getting a lot of positive reviews then and stuff. And people kind of realized like, Oh, this is a good movie that maybe I should have gone to see in theaters. Um, and so, you know, it's hard to just look back in retrospect and not wonder how differently things could have played out if it had released, um, you know, around the holidays. But, um, you know, and then obviously that had huge ramifications for things going forward because now we know um, that there's not going to be one Star Wars movie a year anymore, that a lot of the, um, you know, the Star Wars story anthology movies have kind of been shelved for the time being. Um, you know, obviously we kind of knew that there was a Boba Fett movie in some stage of development, and we know that's been put on hold indefinitely while they focus on The Mandalorian. Um, and of course, everybody and their mother is talking about wanting an Obi-Wan sp spinoff movie, but we haven't heard any developments about that. Um, and whether we eventually get that or maybe get a Netflix or not Netflix, but, you know, Disney Plus series out of it or something like that. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But we know that, you know, a lot of those plans have been shaken up by, uh, you know, the failure of Solo. Um, and oh, I don't like I don't like I don't like saying a failure. I think we should say you could say financial failure. That's well, fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that's what I've just been talking about. Um, is that you know okay. it was a critical success, but a the fa I, I should say the perceived failure. Um, but obviously, I mean, yes. well, I would say uh, the failure in the sense that Disney and Lucasfilm obviously looked at it as a failure in comparison to their expectations because now they're changing yeah, up yeah, their yeah. whole strategy for things moving forward. So. Um, well, you know, what's interesting, too, is that I almost think that, like, Disney just botched everything about the release of, of Solo just because even because here's the thing, like it, it they, they obviously wanted to save Mary Poppins for this time frame, like right now, because, you know, or from a couple of weeks ago, because that's why they didn't want to move solo. And that's why they kind of left it there. And they probably, I think they wanted to test out what would two Star Wars films do within, within like, again, a, uh, within like a month apart, like a Marvel film, if you will. But to be honest, I don't know if I would, I would think solo would have done a little bit better if it came out in December, but Look at Aquaman. It's tearing things up. I mean, it's killing Bumblebee. It's killing Mary Poppins. I, it's, I don't know if Star Wars would have fared any better. I, I think the it would have... Go ahead. I was going to say, the only thing I would think of with that is that um, by that time, if Solo was in December, Star Wars would still have that, you know, reputation of not being beat. And I'm not sure if all those movies <laughs> would have come out in December if mm -hmm. Solo was still sticking with there. Yeah, so something probably would have gotten shuffled around. Yeah. And you think about this too, if like, yeah, or maybe they, they boost Solo up a couple of weeks before, because I have to think that like, if you gave Solo a little more time, you get a Ron Howard, like another six months to kind of like flesh things out, maybe do a few more reshoots if they want, even though I think Solo's perfect. And, yeah, and I was going to say, but it doesn't need it, though, the final yeah, film we got. Ron did an amazing job, and, you know, 
this is this is 2018. Like I said, we'll go down as a dark year because so with Solo coming out and just having so little fanfare initially, but it really finding itself, I think, a, a real solid fan base even within Star Wars, and people being like, "Yeah, I watched that. That was actually pretty good," and they all really I've like seen it. So many tweets like that. Oh. Them. Of course, it's been on Blu-ray. I should have saw this in the theater. Oh, well, I missed out. Yeah, you know, and I, I know a lot of it, you know, I have to say, even though I fought against it and I hate, I really hate this mindset of, I didn't ask for this movie, you know, and I, I just, I hate, I hate that. Because you know what? I don't ask for a lot of movies. There's only a few movies I've ever asked for in my life. That's Spider-Man movies and Star Wars films. Like, just, you know, that's it. So, like, but, you know, even... I don't ask for a lot of things and I, you know, I like the things that I don't ask for. I didn't ask for an Aquaman movie and I love that movie to death. And, you know, I didn't ask for lots of things of, of pop culture and then they give it to me and I like it. So, mm-hmm. Hey, you know I, what? I never asked for a movie where they go back and tell the explanation they, yes. of, of the rebels yes. getting the death star plans. And exactly. that's my favorite of the new star Wars movies. Yes. So <laughs> thank you. I, I, I love when people are like, we don't want this movie. And people tell me that I'm like, you know what? I didn't want rogue one either. And I'm really glad I got it. I didn't ask for, I didn't, I was like, okay, I didn't ask for solo, but I'll take it. And I'm really glad I got it. Cause solo, I think is, I, I hear me now. If we at time capsule, like from like 10 years from now, I'm, t- I'm telling you guys, people are going, it's going to be regarded as a Star Wars classic. I really, I really do think so. I think it's going to age so well that people, and I, I don't know if the sequel trilogy will age as well. We'll see, you know, I, you know, look at, look at the prequels. They were hated. Now that they're, they're loved and, and maybe the sequel trilogy will have some kind of, you know, fall in line with that a little bit, or maybe it's the opposite. I don't know. It's, Hard to say, but to me, I just I feel that Solo will be a better received film, and people will regard it as like, man, that was a really good movie. Like, just of all the Star Wars films that, or Star Wars uh, con- video content, that will be regarded as, you know, number one. But you know, to the, I wanted to also bring this up too. 2018 didn't have a, a celebration, and um, yeah. and that I'll, I'll be honest, celebrations are really good for morale. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Um I I'm I'm a manager for a team and I can tell you every time like we have a team meeting and we have like a potluck, everyone like loves it. Everyone does. They all love it. And because you're boosting morale, as stupid as I'm gonna compare this to it, that's what celebration needs. That's what or that's what celebration is. Star Wars needs kind of like a, a work potluck where you know and, and that's what it is it needs to be that boost of morale of like we all get there's so much cynicism you know would have would life have been different with a with a celebration that we they could have announced some things and like kind of you know did damage control of some sort i don't know but i almost feel like that maybe like I, I for a while i thought celebrations didn't need to be a, every year but now i'm thinking you know what? Maybe Star Wars is so it's so big. It's getting so much bigger than George Lucas even ever probably thought. It's it's growing, you know, just even more than I, you know, whatever, right? I just feel like maybe it's it's good to have these celebrations to kind of bring the fan base together and kind of cool their jets and kind of cool their heads a little bit. I mean, it remains to be seen if that will happen in the next celebration, but I think it will. I think 
the excitement over the Mandalorian, the Cassian Andor series, the the DB uh, Weiss and Benioff uh, series that are coming out. Um, there's there's so much with with the Star Wars theme parks. I just kind of feel like there's so much going on that like maybe having these once a year meetings is a, is a good thing for, for team morale of star Wars just for fan base, because it's so easy to get behind a keyboard and be upset, you know, or be disappointed mm-hmm. or, you know, but if you're like, Oh man, is it, everyone's all my friends are getting together to celebrate star Wars and why we actually are in this in the first place is because we love it. And y'all get there and y'all get in a good mood for the most part. Um, and you go, okay, we're happy. We're all together. And like, I always have a blast, you know, is it, it's not perfect, but it's, a, it's again, it boosts morale. And I feel that I'll be honest. I, I wonder if that was missing. You have these comic conventions that have star Wars themed stuff in it, but maybe it would have been better if star Wars had its a celebration. Maybe, maybe I'm totally off. I don't know, but that's, it almost feels like it needs that every year. Mm. Well, well, see, as as okay. kind of a counterpoint ahead, to that, I feel like also because of the all the negativity around the last Jedi, like I don't think I would have wanted to be at celebration this year if there was one. Um or I might have, who knows? I mean, and it obviously depends on where it is and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just saying, like, I like I think it maybe was a good thing that it had a year to kind of blow over this year. Um because I don't know how well that would have gone over. Like and especially, like, I feel like this year in particular, there weren't as many, like, big projects to show off um, and stuff like that. I mean, we got Resistance this year, but we didn't even get a trailer for that until, like, a month before it came out. So I don't know how much of that they would have shown off at Celebration if there was one. Um, and if it was in, like, April or May, that it would have been right before Solo came out. So there would have already been trailers out and stuff like that. And there would be you know, no movie in December to look forward to. There was no new video game this year to look forward to. And so, um, I mean, and obviously you go to Celebration to hang out with friends and to uh, just hang out with fellow Star Star Wars fans, to hang out with fellow Star Wars fans and have a great time. But I think the one thing, I mean, maybe this is just me personally, but I feel like for kind of the fandom as a whole too, like one thing that really gets people hyped, especially those of us that don't get to go to celebrations, but are sitting at home watching all the coverage and stuff is the announcement of new projects. Um, and I mean, that's what I'm most looking forward to about celebration next year is we're going to get our first looks at episode nine and the Mandalorian and probably, you know, a new trailer for clone wars and all that kind of stuff. And so there's going to be a lot of new stuff to show off. Um, and I think, you know, that's one of the things that gets people really hyped. And, you know, if there's, if you didn't like the last Jedi or you didn't like solo or whatever, this is giving you a look at like, well, here's what's coming next. And here's something that hopefully you will get really excited about. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know that there would have even been a whole lot of that if they had a celebration this year. And, you know, if it's just about, you know, getting together and mingling with fans, like, everybody's just going to be talking about the last Jedi and it's not, it wouldn't necessarily just be a celebration of all the people who loved it because there are, you know, like I was just saying, there are the trolls and the haters, but there are also legitimate star Wars fans who have legitimate problems with this movie. And so, um, I don't know. I feel like it was maybe just a year to kind of let star Wars lick its wounds, I guess. Um, and hopefully, you know, I, I mean, I do feel like things have kind of been on an upswing towards the end of the year. And hopefully that mo- momentum will carry into next year. And hopefully we all love episode nine. Um, but, you know, we'll have to to see how this all shakes out um, in the year to come. Yeah, I kind of agree more with what you were saying, Kyle, about 
it was kind of a good to have a breezer, I guess, <laughs> this year with celebration. I also agree with what you were saying too about it kind of being a morale boost, Paul. But I think the fact that we did have a year without it is going to mean that even more so for celebration That's good in Chicago. That's and, a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is just like <laughs> the worry uh, portion of me that's thinking like, oh, like celebration. If it was, if they did have one in 2018, would the people who like really didn't like the last Jedi come out in full force? Because like during that time, like, like we talked about what a crazy time it was. Talked about that movie. Like they had a panel with Kathleen Kennedy coming out with like, would there be people who came up, would like boo her as she came out being so close to the last uh. Jedi who were so upset with that? Like, because I would hate for that to happen. To, to have that kind of be, you know, the fans showing how they feel about that. And if you hear a majority of that, uh, you would think to yourself, if you're watching from home, seeing like the live stream, oh man, like that shows like a lot of people really, really aren't happy with The Last Jedi and all that. And that was something I was worried about. They did have a celebration, just how like more negativity be a part of it than, you know, the more positive and excitement that celebration is supposed to be about. So like I said, that kind of maybe I was just, you know, overthinking it too much or maybe like worst case scenarios. But at the same time, we know that uh, this it's split down the middle pretty much between those who love it and hate it and where Star how fans feel about the franchise as a whole right now. So I think having 2018 without a year, without a celebration, probably was going to be for the best. And it's just going to make 2019's or I should say this year's <laughs> celebration even more special once we get all that great stuff that we're expecting. I think there will be more of a you know positive vibe going into it for those who are going to be attending celebration and the excitement will be there so yeah i don't know going forward it will be interesting to see um what lucasfilm thinks about that how they view 2018 without a celebration if they thought it was a good thing or maybe they'll realize that maybe a celebration chicago goes off really well and it's something where maybe they'll start thinking about maybe we should do it every year so it'll be interesting to see where they move forward after this one mm-hmm. well it's for me. I'm I'm curious what you guys think, but if, if this year felt from a you know because obviously Last Jedi came out in 2017 technically, yeah. but <laughs> what what I what I think is interesting is that we have, um, 2018 felt like a very weird year for Star Wars content. Like there was good content, but it didn't feel like there was as much. Do uh, you get what I'm saying? It didn't feel like there was as much going on. We never had like that buzz and of excitement. Yeah, it, that yeah, it, exactly. Well, yeah, there was nothing. Yeah, and again, I think that's because a the last Jedi kind of put a damper on things, and b because Solo came out halfway through the year, so we didn't have the excitement build up through the year for a new Star Wars movie coming out at the end of the year. Yeah, when we should have been really excited about Solo, we were still talking about the last Jedi. Exactly. <laughs> um, mm. and then. You know, and also, you know, Rebels ended, um, and they're just, you know, Dude, wasn't... that's something that gets lost in 2018. Yeah, yeah, especially because that was, I mean, and again, I was trying to kind of go in sequential order, and I thought of, you know, The Last Jedi, and then just Solo, uh, but The uh, uh, Rebels ended um, in, I think, March or April, so that was in between there. It was March, yeah. Um, but obviously, I mean, that show, I think, ended on a really high note, yeah. um, and had, you know, some of its best episodes of the entire series in that final season, Um so that was great. Um, and then, of course, over the summer, we had uh, the Comic-Con panel where they announced that Clone Wars was coming back. And that felt like something that really kind of brought people back together and, you know, where yeah. there was like no negative reaction and no criticism and just everybody getting excited about Star Wars again. Um, I would probably say that was the highlight of Star Wars fandom in 2018. I would agree. Announcement. Yeah, it was, that, that was, was a fun time. 
yeah um and just the excitement of knowing that's coming back and just i mean a knowing that clone wars is coming back but then b like you said just seeing the positivity and the excitement around it, yeah um after all the negativity from the last jedi was really cool um i think that that's a good point even it's so weird to think that the clone wars like that's probably the moment on at least from a social media standpoint that Star Wars had the biggest positive reaction where everyone was unified as one. Even the haters mm -hmm. of The Last Jedi, they all, everyone was saying, yeah, the Clone Wars coming back. That's a big deal. And that was really exciting. That was one of the, the only times this year. Think about that. That's, that's, that was back in June. And, it, and it's been the buzz, anything getting a buzz, resistance hasn't been, hasn't give, been given a buzz really. Mm. Um, even sadly, even though Solo is great, um, hasn't been gotten, didn't get a buzz. I mean, even right now, episode nine doesn't have a lot of momentum. It, it will mm. eventually. And there's people who are really excited about it. Don't get me wrong, but let's be real. The Avengers Endgame is way more like, People are way more excited about that. Now, granted, that's coming out yeah. sooner. Well, it's coming out still. sooner, and it already has a trailer out. We don't even know the title of Episode Nine yet, so they haven't really <laughs> right. given us a lot to go on yet to get us excited, aside from the fact that it's a new Star Wars movie and the conclusion right. of the Skywalker saga. So, you but know, I mean, I'm even for saying, me personally, like, I know I'm going to be excited for it when it comes out, and I'm well, excited to here. see it, but there's nothing, like, I don't know anything about it right now that's making me particularly, like, get really excited for it. I'm just kind of uh, waiting till we get some details. Well, I guess what I'm saying is this again, the circles that I'm seeing and I, I travel a lot of Marvel and Star Wars circles. I'm telling you, there are more people freaking were freaking out before Endgame was announced and before Endgame trailer it was dropped. People were begging for all those things. They were begging for it. And it reminded me of the Force Awakens days. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Begging of, for all those things. I don't see people begging for the title. I see a little bit of that. A little bit. I see a little bit of like, but it's not even close to the Marvel stuff. Yeah. And and I, I know in certain circles it's huge, but like I'd say as a whole, I just, you know, I've been and I've been following this stuff for a long time now, people. And again, I'm not trying to talk crap. I'm just being honest. I'm because I'm excited. I want to know what the heck it's called. I want to see stills. I mean, and JJ, that's how JJ does it. He's going to keep it close to the vest. But I'll be honest, he's he might be kind of, as of right now, kill, killing any kind of momentum that he needs. But, you know, if this is a good segue or not, we know one person who hasn't been. Sean right. Favreau. Oh, 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 yeah, been secretive about stuff. Well, and, you know, just kind of but to, to wrap up yeah. the point on 2018 and as far as announcements and stuff, I mean, obviously we talked about Rebels, we talked about the Clone Wars, but yeah, then the announcement of the Mandalorian um, and people really excited about that. We're also getting the Cassian Andor series. Um, and then even on the gaming front, um, you know, I think kind of in a smaller scale of like when we were talking about... Um, you know, all the, the negativity and the split fandom over The Last Jedi and then how the Clone Wars announcement kind of healed that and brought people back together. I feel like the on a smaller scale, the same thing kind of happened with Battlefront 2, right? Because when that came out at the end of 2017, I mean, we all played it and loved it, but there was so much controversy around that with the loot boxes and the progression system and people hating EA and, you know, thinking that they're ruining Star Wars games and whatever. Um, 
And I mean, again, I've been playing that. I was playing that game all through 2018, um, having a blast with it, but it took them so long to just kind of fix those initial problems um, and took them a while to get to, you know, creating new content like they wanted to do and stuff. And so finally, towards the end of the year, we got to, um, you know, some of the Clone Wars content that they had promised. And so we got the Battle of Geonosis, we got Grievous, we got Obi-Wan. Um, and people got really excited about that again. You know, they released a Geonosis trailer for the game that, you know, got a bunch of views and, you know, all the gaming sites were picking it up and people were talking about it again. And um, I read a lot of comments from people that, you know, had given up on the game or hadn't played it since it first came out and were like, actually like, hey, I'm going to give this a shot again. This looks really cool. I'm glad that, you know, they finally are uh, putting some new stuff out and kind of got their stuff together. So that was really encouraging, um, you know, at least for those of us who are gaming fans. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what more new content they add in 2019. And then, uh, of course, we'll be getting a new game at the end of next year as well. So, um, yeah, so that was also something fun. Um, and then, of course, you know, we got Star Wars Resistance, which, you know, I mean, has had, I wouldn't even say like a negative reception. It's more just been... Um, it just hasn't gotten as much buzz as like Clone Wars or Rebels did because it's just not really intended for the older fans. But there's been, I mean, not only with um, with Resistance, but then also with like Forces of Destiny and with uh, those Galaxy of Adventures shorts. I mean, there's been some really cool uh, content for kids this year that came out. And then, um, you know, again, for, for us older fans that that's just not really targeted at. I mean, people can talk crap about it all they want, but... Um, you know, and, and I mean, obviously there's going to be some like valid criticism or whatever, but just, I just, I don't know. I tend to just kind of not take it too seriously. I still watch resistance every week and kind of just have fun with it. Um, and when I'm not really enjoying it, I'm just like, you know what, this is targeted for, you know, a different audience. And I'm just going to sit here and patiently wait till Clone Wars comes out and the Mandalorian and all that kind of stuff. So, um, again, kind of like you were saying that uh, that was maybe another area where it felt like, you know, Star Wars wasn't really heavy on, the content this year, especially kind of this more serious content for the older fans. But I think we're going to get a lot more of that in 2019. Yeah. In regards to resistance, it's pretty much I've accepted it for what it is now. I'm not expecting Clone Wars or Rebels styles, like significant stories throughout the series. Maybe I'll be wrong when we get to the finale, but some of the stuff I'm seeing in the second half looks to be more of the same with the first half. And I'm disagreeing with you, or I should say, I am agreeing with you, Kyle, as far as, uh, I just I still watch it every week and I enjoy it for what it is. It's not, you know, it's not going to hit every beat that I like in Star Wars all the time. It is geared towards a younger audience, a younger audience. But at the same time, that's OK. Like we said before, when it was first announced and we got the trailers and all that. So resistance, it is what it is. You just kind of got to accept it and not expect it, I don't think, to reach the level of Clone Wars and Rebels. And yeah, when you were just saying about getting like that really deep, great Star Wars content with resistance and kind of throughout. Most of the year, all of it really kind of happened in twenty, the beginning of 2018 with those final Rebels episodes because, man, you said some of the best episodes of the series. I'd argue uh, have a couple of them, some of the best Star Wars we've seen. You know how much I love the world between worlds. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> like I said, you kind of forget about it a little bit because it was so early in 2018, but that was some of the best Star Wars uh, we got this year. And it's uh, still got to remember, at least for me anyways, that, that was such a big highlight in 2018, those final episodes of Star Wars Rebels. It just ended things and ended the series with such a bang in such a great satisfying way and left you 
uh, the excitement for stories that could continue with those characters later on, which hopefully will be the case. So, yeah, it was a great beginning for Star Wars animation in 2018. Got even got us more excited in the middle with uh, the Clone Wars announcement during the summer, and then we're ending it with the new series in Resistance. While it might not be ending with the bang, it is still kind of cool to have new Star Wars animation continue on um, on television throughout the the year. So, I mean. You just don't have to watch it if you don't like it, but I, I still think it's good that there's new Star Wars on TV on a weekly basis still. So, yeah, Star Wars animation was a, had a pretty good year in 2018, I will say, and I'm sure it's just going to grow stronger as the years become as the years <laughs> go by as far as with not only Clone Wars, but I'm sure we'll be getting other animated announcements further down the line. So, yeah, I'd say 2018 was a good year for Star Wars animation. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, before we wrap up the 2018 discussion, um, Tim, I think you did a Twitter poll on this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Put up. So it's the question of what was everyone's favorite content in 2018. Now, I could have been a lot more choices on there, but Twitter limits you to four. So I kind of picked the four biggest ones, um, which were Solo Star Wars Story, Star Wars Resistance, the Clone Wars Save trailer, and the Star Wars Rebels finale, or you could just kind of i was lumping that into the final episodes in general but i mean you had like star wars comics or novels you could have thrown in there the galaxy of adventure shorts forces of destiny so there's a lot of stuff to consume in 2018 but i think those four were the biggest so i'm um, coming in in fourth place now i'm glad this got some votes because it was at zero for the longest time <laughs> but at two percent a Star Wars Resistance is coming in at number four as the best content of 2018. But after that, um, at 21% was the Star Wars Rebels finale. And the final two results actually surprised me. Clone Wars Saved got 29% coming in second. And then Solo won the poll at 48%. I was actually expecting Clone Wars to give Solo a run for its money as far as, you know, favorite content that we got in 2018. And th- this is, of course, just based off the trailer we got at San Diego Comic-Con, but... Um, Solo beat it pretty easily, which is, you know, for those of us who love Solo, kind of cool to see. But I was expecting Clone Wars to go neck and neck with Solo as far as the best Star Wars uh, content we got in 2018. But Solo uh, reigned supreme in that year, according to our listeners and Twitter followers. And a couple of responses we got on that, too. First from uh, Caleb at Caleb Clegan 5. He says, definitely Solo, specifically that mall scene, made my entire year right there. And then Star Wars Junkie at Wars Junkie says Solo might be the most underrated and underappreciated movie, which I think we would agree with here. And then Max Simmons at Trek to Amsterdam says, cough, a world between worlds, cough. <laughs> which <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, so great. One of the highlights of Star Wars in 2018, without a doubt. And then Alan at uh, Label Chips says, last half season of Star Wars Rebels was the best content, but then Clone Wars Saved was the standout moment which I think was well said. I mean, we talked about how Clone Wars that was probably the most fun moment of the year, and I think Alan would agree with that, but liking Rebels as the best new content we got. So, yeah, so that's the thoughts and poll results for the best Star Wars stuff in 2018 from our listeners and followers. So thank you guys, as always, for responding. It was definitely like an interesting year, like we were talking about, one with its ups and downs for Star Wars. But as I said in the beginning, ready to move on from it for what should be a really, really awesome 2019. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think for me personally, I guess you kind of have to differentiate between favorite moment and favorite content, because I guess it is kind of hard to compare, you know, justifying saying that like a one and a half minute trailer for Clone Wars is better than the entirety of Solo as a movie. And I do really like Solo as a movie. So as far as favorite Star Wars content, I would probably say 
solo. Um, although I still, I'm still slowly but surely going through rewatching the Rebels Blu-rays that you guys got me for my wedding. So um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm still on like season two though. So I, I've got a while before I get to <laughs> season four. But I'm looking forward to rewatching those episodes again because um, I do remember there being some really great stuff in there. Um, but I'm gonna go with Solo as my favorite content of 2018 but favorite moment for me was definitely the moment that we found out the clone wars was coming back um and the fact that we're getting 12 episodes i mean i was i was hoping and praying that we were going to get a four episode arc of the siege of mandalore or maybe like a a animated movie of it coming to the streaming service or something and so the fact that we and and that even felt like kind of a long shot like it made sense Mm -hmm. but i didn't want to get my hopes up too high and so the fact that a we actually got that and then b we're getting eight more episodes than we expected um just nothing made me happier in 2018 than finding out clone wars was coming back well nothing in star wars i got married in 2018 i'm talking just (laughs) star wars um but what do you, what about you guys? Where would you uh, put your answers on that poll? I think I know what you would say, but um, yeah, what do yeah. you guys think? Yeah, pretty much going to echo what you said there. It's probably going to be Solo is the best content. I mean, yeah, we've talked about it enough. Well, we love that movie and why we love it. But man, that moment of getting the Clone Wars back is something I'll never forget. <laughs> it was such a welcome surprise. And I just remember talking to so many people about it you guys my two mm-hmm. brothers and other friends and just yeah. then recording it i think we recorded that same night didn't we like we couldn't wait i think we did <laughs> i don't yeah i, I think, think we so. did we we're just so excited so yeah that was definitely the most fun but and that trailer was pretty awesome i mean that's why i put it on the poll because i mean yeah i can't compare it to a full-blown movie but um, for some i think it might edge out for maybe those who don't really care too much for solo that clone wars trailer could have been the highlight of the content we got just seeing new footage of clone wars was something really cool i love how that trailer was cut together beginning with all those clone helmets it was just so cool so i don't want to sell that mm. short and totally get why someone could vote it for that as a favorite star wars content in 2018 but yeah so yeah i'm gonna cheat as well solo <laughs> is the best content but uh getting that clone wars announcement was the best moment of 2018 i will say yeah i'm sorry uh solo for me, is the best content by far. I, I, Solo is great. Follow I, f- I figured. Your... I just wanted to give you a chance to say it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak for you. What's that line from Return of the Jedi? Uh, oh, it's <laughs> gonna be rough, pal. I didn't want to speak oh, yeah. for you. Oh, okay. That's all right. Yeah, my bad. Um, yeah, well, good stuff. Um, and you know, it's, it's good to kind of look back and reflect on, uh, what was definitely kind of a, an up and down year and an interesting year to say the least, but, uh, let's get to the stuff, um, you know, looking ahead to 2019. We've got another poll that we'll get to later talking about, you know, just most anticipated moments of 2019, but let's get to some of our news stories and stuff and we'll, uh, save that for the end. Um, so the first thing we just want to bring up. Um, we kind of talked about this on our last episode. We talked about some of the casting announcements for the Mandalorian, and we had had a lot of somewhat, you know, unofficial announcements that hadn't been confirmed by Lucasfilm, but we had heard through like the Hollywood reporter and stuff that we had, um, like Pedro Pascal and Gina Carano and Nick Nolte and a lot of like the main actors in place for the Mandalorian. Um, and then shortly after we released that episode, starwars.com announced the full cast, um, 
you know, confirming a lot of those uh, those announcements that we had heard previously. So uh, Pedro Pascal has been cast in the title role as a lone Mandalorian gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy. He is joined by Gina Carano, Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad, Emily Swallow from Supernatural, Carl Weathers from Predator, Omid Abtahi from American Gods, uh, Werner Herzog from Grizzly Man, which he's a director. I didn't even realize he acted, but that should be interesting. Um, and then Nick Nolte. Um, and then they just have a quote from John Favreau here saying, we're having a great time working with this incredibly talented group and excited for everyone to see what we're up to. Um, well, I think I can speak for all of us when we say we are incredibly excited to see what you're up to also. Um, <laughs> yes. so yeah, it seems like they've got a really solid cast put together. Um, you know, can't wait to see what they're working on. Um, we also got an announcement of the composer for the Mandalorian and it's, uh, I hope I don't butcher this, but Ludwig Goranson, um, who did the music for, uh, Black Panther as well as both of the Creed movies. And he's done a lot of other stuff recently. So, um, you know, that should be, uh, I mean, I think he seems like a solid choice. I don't really know what they're going to be going for sort of thematically or what the music's going to sound like, but that's always one thing that I am, uh, you know, really intrigued by. And one of the things I'm most looking forward to with any new Star Wars content is, uh, you know, hearing sort of that, hearing someone put their own new spin on uh, some of the classic Star Wars themes and stuff. And then also, you know, hearing new music and new themes and stuff. So um, I hope he does a great job with that. And, uh, you know, looking forward to hearing what the Mandalorian sounds like. Um, And then last but not least, of course, we had Jon Favreau out on uh, social media again, uh, giving us another little behind the scenes glimpse. And he posted this, I think, on, was it on Christmas Day? Um, yeah, I believe it was. That he uh, shared an image of a droid that looks very similar to uh, those of us who remember the bounty hunters from episode five, um, you know, on that the bridge scene in The Empire Strikes Back. This guy looks a lot like IG-88. Um I don't know if it's officially confirmed that this actually is IG-88 or just, you know, an, an IG assassin droid in general, um, but very familiar looking droid here and, uh, you know, really cool to see that, um, especially coming on the heels where we had uh, just had a lot of rumors that the Mandalorian could involve some classic bounty hunters. Um, so this should be pretty cool to see. Yeah. So there was a report by making Star Wars about, um, and I won't reveal all, all that's in this because I think that this is pretty much kind of confirms what John Favreau did. But but the one thing that they did say, uh, one of the things they said was that that they heard that IG-88 um, is on set. And he's actually like a, a legitimate character on the show. And, you know, they said, could it be an assassin droid? And, he, and they said it's possible, but they, they, from what their insider sources were saying, that, no, this is legitimately IG-88. And so... When I heard that, I'm like, okay, maybe it still is an assassin droid because obviously these these IG uh, droids are – I'm not sure what the what the term number is. But I think they're IG assassin droids. Uh, they're obviously in the, in the uh, – they're in the canon even now in, in the original or the first Star, Dar, uh, Darth Vader series. There's like a red IG assassin droid. Um, so they're obviously in the start, the new Star Wars canon, obviously in legends are all over the place too, but, um, Jason from making Star Wars said, no, we're hearing this is legitimately IG-88. And I feel the fact that John Favreau putting that out on Christmas, like Merry Christmas, I feel that's him saying, Hey everyone, 
Merry Christmas. Like, hey, this is confirmed. This is IG-88. Like, that's what I feel. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's him just going, hey, surprise, with a picture. But I feel like that's a, a, a present to Star Wars fans saying, hey, guys, guess what? This is IG-88 without having to say it because it was already reported. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I so, totally agree. Like, because John Favreau gets it. I mean, he's, he totally gets it. Consider him what just like us as a star Wars fan, like he, we, I took the same thing as you did, Paul. He's doing that knowing that this is IJDA, but he's not saying it. I mean, it just has to be. So I totally agree with you. Yeah. So I'll be honest, like John Favreau is really doing a good job promoting the Mandalorian without, you know, doing it all at once and, you know, having a big press kind of boring press release. And I say boring, meaning, it's about this. Here's the cast, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. Like he's purposefully putting out little bits and pieces as he goes and, and giving us little breadcrumbs and not like a JJ Abrams, even like where he, he's, you know, giving us the images hey, all blurred. Yeah, <laughs> blurred out. A blurry image of, of a couple of characters, you know, no, <laughs> like he's actually like, Hey, here's a picture of, here's a synopsis of the Mandalorian. Oh, that's awesome. And here's a picture. Holy crap. And then here's a couple random pictures. Okay. And then, you know, all of a sudden you get, here's, here's the director's list. Okay. It's a pretty impressive director's list. Okay. Here's a, the official cast list and it's pretty nuts, mm-hmm. you know? And then, and then it's like, Oh, by the way, here's a confirming a major star Wars character from the original trilogy or side character from the original trilogy that everyone like, you know, knows about is in the show. Holy crap. Like he's doing a great job of putting things out as he goes to promote his show and get people invested. And I definitely feel there's a buzz for the Mandalorian, you know, to, and to be honest, I, at this moment, I'm more excited for the Mandalorian than episode nine. At this moment, I reserve the right to change my mind, but right now I am really jazzed for the Mandalorian, man. I am like super, super jazzed. So, you know, that picture just the fact that he said, you know, I, I wasn't surprised when I heard there was an IG uh, assassin droid that was on set of the Mandalorian. Like that to me, like that eh, makes sense. The fact that it's IG 88, it sounds like it is. And the fact that, you know, what John Favreau did and you know, promoted it. I'm like, okay, this is really cool. Like it's John Favreau gets it and he gets what fans want. I am just itching to see a trailer for this thing, man. Like I am, I am ready. I am so ready to see some some footage of this thing cut together because I just I just think that the with Dave Filoni and all the other people the talented directors that he brought he's bringing on board you know Taika Waititi um, Bryce Dallas Howard um, you know and the other other directors that I, I forget I can't forget uh, Rick Fumiua um, the lady who I don't Deborah something. Um, she does. She did a bunch of the uh, Jessica Jones stuff. Like a really talented uh, tree of directors, you know. Or yeah, just and the cast is really impressive. This is a really exciting Star Wars project that I think that like people are. I, it, again, it's going to be the first like of its kind. So I think it's going to have a really. It's going to be a special thing. I'm gonna. I mean, it's Star Wars. Everything is special. I get it. But I think the Mandalorian is going to be more special. It's this is going to be a really, really big deal when it comes out. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a landmark thing because obviously they are um, planning to do you know at least one more live action series and probably a lot more after that. But this one is going to kind of 
um, I don't have to set the stage or at least, uh, you know, set the tone for, um, all the ones that follow. Like if this one doesn't do well, then all the other ones that they do are going to have, uh, you know, a lot of work to do to, uh, kind of play catch up, but this one can really, um, you know, just kind of get them off on the right foot, kind of stepping into this new medium here. Um, and obviously, I mean, all the signs that we've seen so far point in the direction that that probably is going to be the case and that, um, you know, things are looking good so far, but, um, and yeah, I, I totally agree with you too, that like, I think, um, John Favreau was just doing a good job of getting people excited for this. And I think this is the way you do it in, uh, you know, 2019 in this current age of just social media and, you know, internet and digital media and stuff to like be posting little, you know, tidbits like this on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like People love seeing that, and that's a, a really good way to kind of engage with the fans. And, you know, we saw Ron Howard do the same thing with Solo. Um, yeah. And even though, I mean, it's hard to say if that was uh, kind of to the film's benefit or not, just because, you know, the overall box office reception still wasn't that great. But I think, you know, people appreciated that, and it was, you know, cool to see that. Um and so, you know, I love seeing, um, you know, and as much as like, it's nice to get the press releases too and get the official information and, you know, the cast list and the director's list and stuff like that. But then to just get these little behind the scenes pictures and stuff like that, just, uh, sporadically, you know, sprinkle around on social media, um, I think is really cool too. And I think the fans really appreciate that. So, um, yeah, I'm right there with you, Paul. I don't know if I would say that The Mandalorian is the thing I'm most looking forward to in 2019, and we'll save that discussion for the end of the episode, because I know, Tim, you did a poll on this, and then also I want us to uh, get to talk about it. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it, and uh, looking forward to seeing a trailer, and looking forward to seeing what they're doing with, with this thing. So, um, things are looking good on that front. Um, now, we don't really have much to go on for episode 9 yet. Um, I will say probably like I'm expecting to get the title announced this month. I went back and looked at the dates on some articles yeah, and so January of last year was when they announced the title of The Last Jedi. Um, so I'm assuming our next episode is probably going to be a discussion on the title of episode nine if they reveal that this month. Um, not a whole lot else to go on, but we do have a rundown of um, just some small reports and tidbits from making Star Wars. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't really gotten around to reading all this. So, Tim, I'll let you take the lead on this one and just let us know if there's any uh, really interesting stuff um, of note here in this report. Well, there was two things that really stood out to me, which first one, the big one, which we're all in agreement on is that we want to see in episode nine, which is the Knights of Ren. And it looks like that's going to be the case where um, for making Star Wars, they were saying that um, they will have a role in the film in that they were kind of like you were on set, I guess they were being referred to as like the force wielding mercenaries, but now they're kind of be referred to as like a group with many special abilities. So he's saying that maybe it's become some will have uh, special like force powers that he says some consider unnatural. So it's going to be interesting mm -hmm. if they will have some powers, like if it's, some twisted version of the force, so to speak. So it should be interesting, but just the fact that it looks like they are going to be in it is, you know, kind of a sigh of relief in a way <laughs> where again, it's not officially confirmed, but like you were saying, Paul making star Wars and their scoops are usually pretty reliable. So the fact that it looks like they are going to be in it should be pretty awesome. So uh, that was just good to see when I was kind of like on our last episode, we were talking about how great it is that Kylo Ren will be having his mask again in episode nine. It's kind of could say the same thing for the Knights of Ren finally 
hopefully making their, you know, big debut. Well, well, I guess they had their debut in The Force Awakens and Ray's Vision, but really their coming out party of seeing them in the present and doing hopefully some cool stuff. So that should be pretty cool. That, um, I don't know if we'll get any glimpses of them in the trailer, but just knowing that hopefully they're on the way in Episode Nine is pretty exciting. And then also they go into some smaller details about, you know, the Falcon's radar dish being the same as it was in The Force Awakens and then about Lando for sure having a cape, which I'm sure is going to be a relief <laughs> to all, everyone who's excited about Lando. century. <laughs> and then the other thing, too, of course, this is right up my alley, um, kind of like the new special trooper for Episode Nine, And it was being described as a red, red trooper. And he specifically said in this report where it's not pretty much this a typical first order stormtrooper painted red, but it is a trooper that is going to have its own unique helmet design and armor. And he did say that it's different than uh, the fighter pilot we're seeing in resistance, but uh, does bring out that maybe the resistance pilot we see in the first order was an early concept, not used for episode nine. And they brought it into resistance. Um, but we are going to see a different type of stormtrooper in episode nine which has me excited and the only thing that, that makes me a little disappointed that it will be red because we kind of got even though they weren't troopers we saw the cool new helmeted armor characters in the last jedi be all red with the praetorian guards so this is real nitpicking to me but <laughs> it would have been nice if for episode nine we got a different armored color trooper that was you know not red like if it was blue or something like a dark cool shade of blue would have been awesome but well, it, to be honest i i kind of like that because it kind of keeps with like the themes of everything to be honest that's so true yeah i could see that what, what to be honest i totally missed that they reported on the knights of ren when did that get reported this was early in december actually how did i miss that yeah because <laughs> yeah, maybe because it wasn't really like in any of the headlines part of it because it was like i said the title is just episode nine of tiny tidbits so when you scroll and like at all the headlines the knights of ren are right there so i was kind of at the go looking for it in that article but they are definitely in there that's awesome i didn't i yeah they got, they got overlooked i didn't see good job i know they've been working on not having spoilers in the titles mm. so that's good but the fact that no one else really went with that that's really interesting yeah so the and <laughs> the only other thing which i'm not counting on but the possibility maybe we'll see phasma in here <laughs> he said he hasn't seen any evidence to say suggest that she will or will not be in it but a lot of the details are coming from like uh, marketing and merchandising planning so she could be part of the merchandising for episode nine but doesn't necessarily mean she will be in the movie but if she gonna... survives that i'm gonna seriously be irritated uh, yeah <laughs> me too dis- that should be a fun discussion with you guys if that is the case <laughs> yeah like I mean, her armor's cool, and they had their chance to do something really cool with her, but, like, you can't kill her twice and then bring her back mm-hmm. again. Um, exactly. <laughs> Could be your thing for the trilogy, though. <laughs> the eh, that's a thing we don't need. Yeah. Um, but, anyway, I mean, you know, so thanks for running that down for us, Tim. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing the Knights of Ren in action, um, hopefully in more than just little flashbacks and stuff like we had in The Force Awakens. I want to know a lot about those guys, so hopefully uh, they have a big role in Episode Nine, And hopefully they, like, take an actual part in the story and they're not just, like, the Praetorian guards. Um, you know, I would hate for there to be, like, a final showdown between Rey and Kylo and she just has to, like, get through the Knights of Ren to get to him, like, Tell us more about these guys and work yeah. them into the story. Somehow. Yeah, exactly. You know, who knows? Maybe, maybe Carrie Russell is one of the Knights of Ren. Possibly. I'm, I'm hoping she is. I mean, that was something we were talking about when we first learned she was going to be cast in 
in the movie. So I just really hope someone amongst that new cast is playing a, like a main character who is part of the Knights of Ren and will be interacting with Kylo to get that information that we want about them. Oh, and you know what? Speaking of episode nine, I don't think we've talked about this either, but uh, John Boyega did an interview recently where I think he maybe uh, like unintentionally or intentionally, I don't know, confirmed that episode nine takes place a year after episode eight. Mm, that's right. Um, yeah. And, but that hasn't. But that hasn't been like I've I've looked at this, and there's no direct quote. Yeah, from that's the thing. Himself. Oh, okay. yeah. Because it's from Empire, the magazine, I believe, and they were yes. talking about like the upcoming movies for 2019, and yeah, they said that takes place a year later, maybe according to John Boyega was the writing of it. I'm not sure, but like you said, Paul, it wasn't actually a quote from John Boyega in that article saying it takes place a year later. Okay, yeah, I, I forgot how that was worded because I remember I read it and remember thinking it was like a little fuzzy, but mm. um, yeah, so we'll see if that actually pans out or not. I'm hoping it's it, more than a year. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I, I mean, again, I think I've said this before, but I would like to see it be like a, a time period of like three to five years. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, I think the resistance definitely needs time to sort of recuperate after uh, the events of the Last Jedi and and sort of build their strength back up, build their numbers up. Um, give Ray time to do whatever Jedi training and recruitment and whatever that she's going to do. Um, I definitely want to see things kind of in a different place than, you know, have it just be, you know, sh just shortly after the end of the last Jedi. So um, the way Ryan Johnson ends the last Jedi, there's no way they can, I, I just, it would be a giant stretch for them to do a year later, the way he ends it with the resistance alone. Like there's, there's no way. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, well, we do know that, I mean, it's not like they have to go out and recruit and like build an army from scratch. We know that they have allies um, that who, who were just hesitant to show up on crate, um, maybe, you know, out of fear of the first order or whatever. But I assume like that's the first place they're going to go is to um, to sort of recruit those people. And I think kind of the implication of the end of The Last Jedi is that those allies and the people throughout the galaxy who don't like the first order, who want to do something about it, but were too afraid to stand up to them are now going to be inspired by the story of Luke Skywalker. Um, so I could see how they could maybe make that work. Like if, you know, if they, if it was just a year, I could kind of buy it, but I would rather, I would still rather have it be a longer span of time. Yeah. And I love part of me thinks too, regardless how much time passes and but i think even more so let's say it is only a year and is that short period of time when you're thinking how can the resistance build enough army to take down the first order but i, I think the first order is gonna fall apart from within i just mm. have that feeling where hux is really gonna do something <laughs> that gets with kylo in charge to bring down the first order and while you know he's not going to be the one who defeats kylo ren and that's of course obviously going to be Ray, but like he's going to play a part in bringing down the first order in some way to at least make it more feasible, I guess, for mm -hmm. a small resistance army gotcha. to mm -hmm. take it down. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Ray will be the one to deal with the leader of the first order and pretty much the, the biggest evil in the galaxy at that point, right then and there. So I think there might be a combination of those two that ultimately takes down the first order, but we'll see. I agree. I really hope it is just five years, not even from, the point of building up the resistance. I just think having seen where the characters are at five years later from what they went through in such a short period of time from the force awakens through the last Jedi, you would kind of like to have them 
you know, have more experiences together, even though we won't necessarily see it. And of course they can fill that in with comics and books and stuff, but just knowing they've been together through a lot more different circumstances or trials <laughs> by the time we get to their final story in episode nine, I just think from a narrative standpoint, it just makes more sense to have it be a lot longer than just a year. Yeah. And so, it, it, considering the only time we've seen them together is one day. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And we wrote, all right. Yeah, Rosie, if you want to include her as one of the main characters, new ones that we've got. But I was going to say Finn, Poe, and Ray. the only time they were together is at the end of The Last Jedi <laughs> on the Falcon. Yeah, that's true. That was it. So, yeah, I just think there's an opportunity for these characters to really grow and just, you know, as much as Luke on Luke and Leia did and the gaps that we got in the original trilogy, we know it's, I believe... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I leave between A New Hope and Empire is three years, and Empire to Jedi is one year. Yeah, so that's it's, right. a, it's around like four to five years, something like that. But the and we know, especially in the comics, but even without reading the comics and just watching the original trilogy as a kid, we know those characters been through a lot <laughs> between the gaps of the movies, and we just know there's so much history with them uh, doing stuff together and just building their com camaraderie and just really establishing the bond that they have. And I think these characters in the sequel trilogy could really use that and that gap will provide it. So here's hoping that that is the case. Yeah. I would like to see that too. Um, well anyway, so that's pretty much all the stuff we've got, um, as far as the movies, the TV series, all that kind of stuff. Um, again, you know, looking forward to getting a title announcement for episode nine and some more details and news and stuff released as we, uh, kind of get going into the year here. Um, but just a couple other things to talk about real quick. Um, we got a new behind the scenes video for star Wars galaxy's edge, which of course is the new theme park expansion at Disney world and Disneyland. And, um, this thing is just looking cooler. The more and more we get to see of it. Um, and this yep. is, you know, obviously our best look yet at just sort of what it's going to look like and all the attractions and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, and they've got some just kind of some cinematic footage here showing uh, what it's going to look like being inside the rides and getting to take control of the Millennium Falcon and going through the battle of, uh, you know, the First Order and the Resistance. And um, again, just kind of showing just I mean, the aesthetic of the just the whole part of the park looks amazing. Um, and seems like it's going to be a really cool and really immersive Star Wars experience. So I can't wait to get to try this out. Um, I don't know exactly yet when I'm going to get to try to go this year. And I'm still dreading the lines. Like I even <laughs> read a report from some guy that's like a theme park expert or something. And, you know, does like kind of the, the science and the statistics of like crowds and lines and stuff like that. And uh, he was estimating that like when it first opens, there could be like eight to 10 hour waits for wow. uh for each of the two rides and was talking about like, <laughs> oh, like i think he estimated maybe like two hundred thousand people or something like that um trying to go on opening day and my sister who works at disneyland said their capacity is only i forget what she said but it's well below that like i think it's under a hundred thousand um oh man interesting I, I could be wrong don't quote me on that but i mean just it it seems like this could create issues. I don't know. It, I mean, I'm sure Disney maybe has a plan in mind for this. I hope it's not. I hope the plan is not to just open it up to as many people as possible and like let people wait in line for eight hours. I seriously would not mind paying extra for a separate ticket into Galaxy's Edge where it's like 
a limited number of people so that, you know, you don't have to, even mm-hmm. like you never have to wait in line for more than an hour and you're not like walking shoulder to shoulder in a massive crowd of people. Um, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. I'm wondering if like they'll come up with some new structure and how this works. Like you like buy a ticket, like you're saying, maybe it's only for there's like different time period. You can be in there. Like you buy a ticket from like nine to 12, something like that. You're there for three hours and the next batch of people who have the tickets for like the afternoon or the evening, or you buy multiple tickets, you get one for the morning, get one for the evening or something like that to get in there just for the crowd control. Because man, if it's anything like you're saying that analyst report was, <laughs> they're going to, it's going to be interesting. They're going to have a handful of some disappointing and angry guests. If that's the case, mm-hmm. <laughs> waiting eight to 10 hours. I'm Again, they got to, expect this they know it's like because they gotta have some plan in place yeah. as far as how they're gonna handle this so that's the big question i have now is how you know it's gonna be crowded just how is disneyland gonna handle that because man just seeing that video it's got me just chomping at the bit to go to those attractions i mean the smugglers run falcon ride looks perfect as far as capturing how it feels to be in the millennium falcon and in the cockpit just sitting in those chairs i mean this is our best look yet in this new behind the scenes video we got of what the ride's going to be like and just seeing you know just normal people sitting in the chairs of the falcon it's just awesome to see because you're picturing yourself as you're watching it being in that environment of the cockpit of the falcon it's going to be so cool and then the rise of the resistance attraction that's the one i'm not too sure on as far as um how it's going to be as far as the narrative and just the ride because you're on like a car it's just like a typical ride where you're just like row, rows of seats in a car and you're going through like pretty much a Star Destroyer, the first order. And you're said you're putting the battle with between the resistance and the first order. So I'm wondering, like, why are you in there? Or is it because when it was first announced, I thought maybe is it going to be an interactive thing where you're going to have like these blasters in your hand and you're firing at stormtroopers or you're hitting the targets kind of like that Buzz Lightyear uh ride that we went on a few times where you keep score mm-hmm. uh, with your opponent in the car or something like that. Or yeah, I thought like so that. too. It just seems like people riding in the car, sitting, looking around at the environment. It's definitely going to be cool to look at, but I'm just wondering, because you know they're trying to make this as immersive as possible and have a story behind it, so I'm wondering what's going to be the reason why there's this this card of random people in the riding amongst the midst of the battle between the First Sword and the Resistance. But Yeah, that kind of seems like Star Tours, which we've already got. So um, Yeah. Yeah, it will be interesting to see if there's some kind of interactive element or uh, see exactly what happens on there. But no, yeah, man, this is, it looks incredible. And all signs are pointing to that it's going to open in June. I believe Bob Iger just had an interview where he mentioned that. So it's probably going to be June, but we just got to know the official date once it launches. And man, it's going to be exciting. And like you said, don't know exactly when I'm going to go, more than likely. I mean, we got to all go together at one point. Hopefully we could work out where we experience it for the first time together. That would be awesome. But Oh, yeah, that would be incredible. Yeah, I just can't wait. And just one of the big highlights of 2019, why it's going to be a great year for Star Wars. And a big reason of that, I think, is going to be Galaxy's Edge. It just looks so, so cool. Yeah, and uh, heck, if we have to wait eight hours in line, we'll bring some lawn chairs and an iPad and have a Clone Wars marathon or something. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's looking really cool. Um, definitely can't wait to check that out later this year. Um, and you know, hopefully as we, as we get closer, we'll get even more details on what that's going to be like and what's going to be available there. And then also, I mean, maybe some details about if they are planning any kind of crowd control or anything like that, cause that would be nice. Um, 
Uh, and then one other thing here, we've got uh, Star Wars Resistance is coming back on January 13th, which is this coming Sunday. Um, and so we've got some episode titles and descriptions for uh, the next three episodes of that coming back. Um, and the first episode is called Bebo or Bibo. Um, and it says Nico, or Niku adopts a strange sea creature and gets way more than he bargained for when he bring, when it brings chaos to the platform. Um, I can already tell you right now, that sounds like an episode I'm not super excited about. Um, <laughs> next episode is called Dangerous Business, and it says in exchange for parts, Kaz mines acquisitions for Flix and Orca and comes into conflict with a shady alien customer in league with the First Order. Um, and that sounds like one that, you know, maybe... I'm not super excited about the premise, but definitely anything involving the First Order gets me more intrigued with this show. So depending on how, where they take that storyline, that could be uh, that could be a good one. Um, and then Sunday, January 27th is the Doza Dilemma. And it says, Sonara settles into life on the platform, but her pirate compatriots have other plans for her. So um, that could be an interesting one, too. I mean, Sonara is that character that, um, you know, Kaz rescued and she's there on the platform with him. But she's, you know, secretly in league with those pirates that keep attacking the station and stuff. So we'll see what happens there. Um, so for those of you that are keeping up with Star Wars Resistance and are interested in the show, um, you know, there you go with... Uh, some you know stuff to look forward to in the next coming weeks um as the show comes back at the start of the new year i will say i think they ended on a pretty good note um kind of at the halfway point of the season um you know that last episode uh i forget the name of it but you know where you had finn and or not finn and poe uh poe <laughs> and kaz and uh you know captain phasma and the first order and all that um that was pretty cool to see so Hopefully they keep the momentum going. I will say, even even though I'm still not loving the show, I mean, I'm kind of just a uh, a casual consumer of it, I guess you could say. Um, I do think, you know, the, the quality of it's been improving, and I am kind of getting invested in some of the storylines that are going on. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I'm still keeping an eye on it. Yeah, the, like you said, the last episode, the mid-season finale, I guess, um, it was pretty good, but I will say I wasn't a big fan of Throwing Captain Phasma as being just another one of those troopers who can't hit anything with her blaster. Just missing, <laughs> missing. Are you like, surprised? I'm not surprised, but at the same time, it's like, just don't have her involved in action sequences if that's what it, that's what she's going to do. <laughs> it just lessens the character. So, I'm, but anyway, I'm, I'm, sorry to, I'm sorry to say that <clears throat> I still have like five episodes to watch. And <laughs> I, last one I watched, which actually wasn't bad. It was a lot of fun. Is when the uh, the 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 lizard monkeys were on and they had the lizard ape, which I uh, was like the big Kowalkian <laughs> monkey lizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, well played, Lucasfilm, well played. Like I like the idea there's a lizard ape, you know. And uh-huh. so, but I'll be honest, like I sat down. I think it was a couple of Sundays ago, actually. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna go through all these. And I made it through one episode and I was like, I'm good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's it's definitely a once a week kind of thing. I It's not a yeah. show I would want to binge watch. Yeah, it's it, it's sad. I mean, I'll be honest. And granted, we're going to be getting a live action, you know, live, live action show coming up. Where uh, you know, which we can talk about that in a second, too. I, I, I want to talk about my. My whole dilemma about that, but, um, but, but anyway, but yeah, like just watching one episode, it's just, I miss having like a, a real good Star Wars show to like, kind of like get into the fandom with and talk about like the world between worlds. And it's just, we just do not have that right now. 
sadly. Yeah. But, you know, we will have a lot of that coming in 2019 for sure. That's true. That's true. Um, all right. Well, last, uh, just sort of item that we want to talk about here. Um, and then we'll wrap up with just some general discussions of 2019 and what we're looking forward to and whatnot. Um, and we usually don't talk about fan created content on this show, fan films and fan fiction and all that sort of stuff. But there was one thing recently, um, that has kind of made waves through the star Wars community. And I felt like was kind of worth talking about. Um, there's a star Wars YouTube channel called star Wars theory, um, and this guy made his own fan film and it's part one in a, a what's going to be a series, um, about Vader. And so the first episode is out, it's called Vader episode one shards of the past. Um, and I know a lot of people have been, a lot of people have watched it. A lot of people have been talking about it. Um, I personally have watched a lot of star Wars fan films and I, you know, have even made my own. Um, and this hands down is one of if not the best one I've ever seen probably the best at least in terms of the production value um the you know just the cinematography the way it's filmed the visual effects all that kind of stuff um and I think it's just a really interesting sort of look at Vader's character um there's some really cool stuff that happens in here I don't know if we should t completely delve into spoilers on it because um for some of you that are listening i mean if you haven't seen this yet i would definitely recommend checking it out um but um i don't know what do you guys think of this because i know we've talked about this and we have you know maybe a little bit of differing opinions um but i kind of want to just have a little discussion about this and uh and give some thoughts on it so what do you guys think yeah so for me uh fan films were i've never been a big fan of fan films so to speak back in the late 90s before the prequels came out like during the era of the special editions that was probably the biggest time i was into fan films because it was kind of holding me over until <laughs> the prequels came out but there were some good ones in there i mean troops is one of the all-time greats i love that one and then <laughs> that's kind of like the first one that i really saw that made me aware of fan films and then of course there was a bunch of hit and miss ones but uh, ever since we got you know the prequels and then even after that never really followed too many fan films and especially now with getting new star wars movies in this new era i just felt there was no need to watch them for me personally i get why there's those who love them and i have total respect for anyone who makes a fan film i mean obviously it's not a hard thing it is a hard thing to do and to pull off and pull off well so um for those who make them like all the power to you just not really something i seek out to you know satisfy my star wars fandom so to speak but um with this one I wasn't even aware of it until Kyle sent me and Paul the link to it and to check it out. And I totally agree with Kyle where this is probably the best produced fan film I've seen visually the effects just on like the space environments, the ships, the hyperspace effects, it all look really, really well done. I mean, to me, it's almost up there as par as what you see visual effects on some TV shows mm -hmm. out there. It looked really good. And the costumes, I mean, those are, were really high production as well. Vader looked great. And I'm just going to say it right now, the highlight for me of the fan film is seeing Vader interact with clone troopers. That <laughs> was awesome because the costumes for the clone troopers looked really, really cool. And seeing them with Darth Vader, I was geeking out at that. That was pretty awesome. So all that stuff I loved as a production value go, that's probably the best fan film I've seen. Now, the content of it, that's where things get a little interesting and as you were saying i don't know if you wanted me to go into some spoiler details of it but um i will just say i appreciate what they were going for and the story they were trying to tell 
but I think they missed the mark on certain aspects of it as far as what they were going for. And if there was some stuff I liked with that and some stuff that made me go, mm, I don't know. And maybe even some eye rolling moments, I'm not going to lie, I had with it. Stuff kind of like the fan film of it really came out in certain areas of it. But um, overall, I, I will say I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. It's, it was like around 15 minutes. So it was a mm-hmm. cool way to spend 15 minutes getting some cool Star Wars action in there. Um, but I will say, I think some people are going a little overboard with their reaction to it. I mean, if you love it, great. But at the same time, I'm seeing reactions to the same, like this is the best Star Wars content I've seen since Return of the Jedi. I was like, <laughs> that might be a little too strong out there. Or this is the movies we should be getting now. Like this is what all the fans want. And yeah, it would be cool to get uh, a Darth Vader movie that's, you know, with cool action like we got in here. But at the same time, I'm really happy with the stuff we're getting right now anyway. So it's not like I'm clamoring for a, a Darth Vader movie. I'll be happy to get one with some cool action. But this one, that generalization of saying this is what every fan wants and this is what Disney should be doing, that's the thing that kind of makes me go, it uh, might be taking it a little too far. But overall, it was really cool. I'm glad you sent me the link to it, Kyle. Like I said, I don't follow the fan film community and what's out there, but this was a nice surprise to get and it was, it was fun to watch. This is a great looking fan film. I mean, I'm not going <clears> to, <throat> I don't want to sit here and say that it's not. I really want to support it to where it's, you know, that it's, yeah, like it's, it's, it's really cool that these, sorry, my dog just gagged. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, she does that when she drinks too much. Bean, you got to chill out, babe. I guess she didn't like the fan film. <laughs> no, she, she didn't. She was like, uh, that acting, uh, no, um, I, 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 when I, I knew it was coming, I had heard about it from, uh, you know, some other outlets and, it's it when uh, when you sent it to me, Kyle. I was like, oh, it's out, and I, I knew they were paying for it themselves, and they put a lot of money into it. And like you said, it's definitely the best looking fan film you're gonna get. I think um, again for a fan film, and there's definitely some cool stuff in it, but it's from the content wise, it just I I I I am I'm blown away of people saying that this is what Lucasfilm needs to pay attention to. I'm just like, man, you guys are really. I don't, I, your guys' ideas of quality are way different for as far, as far as content, written content and things like that. There was a part where like Vader hugs Padme. Yeah. And it <laughs> looks really bad. I, I, I sent a picture to my friend and then we just laughed about it. And I was like, look, look, like, don't never forget. And then I just saw a picture of Darth Vader hugging Padme. It just <laughs> it looks so bad. Yeah, that's one of those things where I appreciate what they're going for. Exactly. And, but yeah, the execution of it and how it was displayed was just felt off. <laughs> it just it just doesn't look right. And again, it just kind of uh, so again, it looks great. Content-wise, it's it's not the greatest. And Again, no, I'm taking nothing away from the fact that these people made something like that. Like anything art based and and something like that, a fan film, is 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 amazing. And it's getting huge. Like it's got like four million views on it. Like, that's incredible, or maybe more than that now. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's at five point three million right now. Um, yeah, so, which is by far the highest that I've ever seen on a fan film too. Like I looked through YouTube and saw you know just a lot of uh, some of the more popular ones, and I don't think I haven't seen anything with uh, you know those high numbers 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know what? I'm not trying to take anything away from anyone, you know, but it's amazing to me when I hear Kristen Harloff. One, he says, is some of the best stuff since Return of the Jedi. And then he deleted the tweet, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious. And then I'm watching Jedi Council and he's like, I put this up with like the new Vader comic. And I, I just, you know, for those who know, the new Vader comic is, I think, some of the best Star Wars comics ever. Some of the best Star Wars storytelling, maybe in a long time, for in my opinion, and the fact he compares it to that is just laughable because it's not even close, in my opinion, um, not even close. And like I said, those those new comics are are instant classics, and this fan film is not even close. And it's again, it looks good. I want to make that very clear. They spent a lot of money on it, and it shows. It looks good, but. It's not, it's not even close to like being a quality as far as content wise. It's not, it's a lot of, it's, there's a lot of fan service and that's fine. Like I totally get, there's a lot of fans of the scene, like clone troopers and Vader together. That's cool. I totally get it. But you know, you don't need that. And you know, you, you, you know, it, it's, I don't know. It's to me, it's, it's, it, it's a, it's a good idea as far as like a fan film but if like Lucasfilm was like, yeah, this is a great idea, I'd be like, that's they got they're they're running out of ideas, then man. Because seriously, like, that's that's not what I would want from a Vader film. I'd want something a little bit more. I don't know. I wouldn't want that. I'll say that. But, Vader comic. That's what you. <laughs> that's yeah, what they, we they want. want to adapt the Vader comic. Be be my guest, one hundred percent. But yeah, I I just don't I don't think that. Uh, it, like I said, from a content-wise, like Tim said, it's not great. But from a visual standpoint, for how much money they put into it, it looks great. So kudos to them. Not exactly for me, though. Yeah, well, I do have to say, for me, I probably enjoyed the content of it a little more than you guys did. Um, now, I'm also keeping my feet on the ground, and I'm not one of those people that's out there saying, like, oh, this is the greatest, you know, this is better than anything that Disney has given us so far, or I mean, the I will give them props, like, the the film opens with a really cool action sequence, and yeah. I have seen multiple people, both, like, just in the comments, and I watched a, uh, like, a, a YouTuber that I like who watched this and did a, a reaction video to it, and, like, two minutes in, he goes, man, the first two minutes of this, and it's already better than all of The Last Jedi. I don't agree with that. Um, I think that is way over-exaggerating. But then again, there are those people out there that really didn't like The Last Jedi. I still loved a lot of things about it. So, um, you know, I'm not jumping to those comparisons. And I feel like, I mean, maybe I am kind of looking at it through the lens of, like, this being a fan film. Because I also feel like a lot of fan films, you know, are just, like... You know, they're doing their best to have like cool lightsaber fights or effects or whatever. And the story can sometimes be just kind of like a jumbled mess. And I thought for a fan film like this was at least did a very good job of like conveying a clear story and idea. And you knew like what it was about. You knew what the characters wanted. Um, now, I will agree with you guys like this is it's not necessarily like Lucasfilm quality storytelling. If we if this was a Star Wars movie on the big screen, I'd want a little bit more. Um, and yeah, that Padme hug was super awkward. But I did think, I mean, just for, like, a, a fan-made project like this to sort of tackle the characters like it did and, you know, you see Vader interacting with Palpatine and really get into his head as far as his uh, his feelings toward Palpatine and his feelings toward Padme and just sort of his motivations as he's sort of moving forward um, in this new life that he has to deal with. I mean, this is set, like, eight or nine months after Revenge of the Sith. Um, 
And so I thought it was really good as far as like fan created content goes, even story wise, like I really enjoyed it. Um, and I hope that he gets to do episode two. I know he said he put like $150,000 of his own money into this or something and then wants to go even more all out with the second episode and be having, you know, lightsaber fights and stuff. Um, and I think he said it's going to cost him like 250000 So who knows how long we'll have to wait for the next episode, but it seems like it's going to, you know, probably going to be a while. Um, <laughs> but um, Yeah, because I, I actually thought, again, I don't know the background history and the production of this, but I thought the series was done already and they're just releasing the episodes periodically. And, but the fact that the second one's not even a for sure thing, I actually find that kind of surprising. Cause I thought it was pretty much a series that was done and they're just going to release it a little bit at a time, but no, I, I think, not the case. I think his original idea was to do a movie and, um, but you know, obviously wanted to do it really high quality and stuff. And so he got together with his director and, you know, they were hashing stuff out and just quickly realized like, we're going to have to do this as a series cause it's going to be, way too expensive and labor intensive and everything to do it um all you know in one shot as a, a feature length movie um and so you know this is it's kind of its own like standalone fan film but it does kind of end on a cliffhanger and you know it clearly is intended to be like the first part of a series so um but it is i mean i guess nothing is absolutely for sure but he said like he definitely is planning to make episode two it's just kind of a question of when he can afford it and all that kind of stuff um, but they got part one done pretty quickly cause I know they filmed it like over the summer. And so, mm. um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was like May or June or whatever, but you know, got the whole thing cranked out in, you know, half a year, which, and you know, the movie's only like 15 minutes long, but again, for the amount of effects and stuff that they have in there, um, is still really impressive. So, um, I mean, maybe we'll have to wait another year for episode two. Maybe it'll be like two or three years, but, um, personally I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, for those of you who maybe haven't heard about this, I would recommend checking it out. Um, and, you know, maybe let us know what you guys think. Um, you know, do you think it's better than The Last Jedi or do you think it's absolute garbage or are you somewhere in between? So, um, but that was just something cool that I thought was uh, was worth mentioning on here. Um, so yeah, uh, it's definitely something you could see why it's getting talked about a lot. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And well-deserved. I mean, again, like we said, you know, maybe yeah. getting a little too high praise from some people, but is, it is definitely worthy of praise and, and worth giving a look. So, um, yeah, definitely. yeah, definitely recommend it. Um, so let's wrap up here and just talk about some thoughts heading into 2019. Um, what's on the horizon, what we're looking forward to. Um, I mean, obviously we've got, um, I think the first big thing that's going to be coming out this year is we got Celebration Chicago in uh april um we've got galaxy's edge opening over the summer in disneyland and then in the winter in disney world um we've got whenever disney plus launches we're gonna have uh clone wars and the mandalorian we've of course got episode nine coming out later this year um we've got uh jedi fallen order which is the new video game that's coming out in probably november but we still really don't know much about that yet but i'm sure you know we're going to be getting a lot of new details and trailers and stuff about that this year um and then i think that's pretty much it, it well and then of course resistance is still going on so we'll have you know the second half of that and then new season in the fall i'm sure uh, new content for Battlefront. You know, we've got uh, Count Dooku coming out at the end of this month. Um, 
I think they said the 23rd of January is the release date for that update. And then next month, we've got Anakin Skywalker coming and a new large scale game mode with command posts and uh, capital ships and stuff. And it's going to be uh, kind of like an updated version of the old conquest mode from the original Battlefront games. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, and then I know I don't keep up as much with you guys as far as like the comics and the novels and stuff. But I know we got a couple novels coming out uh, like the uh, there's a new Thrawn book coming out, right? Um, yeah and then also well, can't wait for that <laughs> and the the master and apprentice book uh which i that's know a lot of people look forward to. yeah the qui-gon yeah, and obi-wan so um yeah so i mean obviously lots of cool stuff to look forward to uh what are you guys most looking forward to in 2019 yeah man i mean yeah put out i didn't actually put up a poll for this one i just put out the question and what everyone was looking forward to but uh rich brockwell on facebook just says you know as he asked us the question what are we all looking forward to most of this year and as you were listing all that stuff kyle i mean it's just (laughs) really when you think about it again this is why i keep saying 2019 is going to be like no other year in star wars with all this great stuff and yeah i don't i wouldn't even though we're getting the movie this year i wouldn't hold it against anyone who's picks one of those other great things we're getting this year the excitement for galaxy's edge to live in a star wars world clone wars coming back the mandalorian the first live action tv show all great things but um you know there's just something about getting a new star wars movie especially one that should be as big as episode nine is going to be that is still going to be my most anticipated star wars content that we're going to get in 2019 i mean there's just so much but going forward is why it's so exciting for me. I mean, the last episode of this trilogy, and it's hard to believe we're already talking about episode nine and the sequel trilogy is going to be over. But then you throw in the fact that it's being billed as the last chapter of the Skywalker saga and just the anticipation to seeing how they're going to wrap it up and how the Skywalker story is finally going to end. And then just for me, someone who's really enjoyed the sequel trilogy beginning with the force awakens i mean putting aside all that stuff as far as episode nine being the last of a lot of things i'm just excited to see where the story is going to go with these new characters that we got introduced to in episode seven and of course um the characters we've seen in the original trilogy that are we know are going to be in this film leia luke and now lando's coming into the fold so i'm just excited about all that stuff just as a movie on its no, on its own, not thinking about it as the last of the sequel trilogy, the last of the Skywalker saga. I'm just generally excited to see where the story is going to go from what we already saw in episode seven and eight. So he's throwing all those factors into it. And, you know, you got J.J. coming back to direct it. I mean, we said a while ago, I don't remember when, but <laughs> when we're talking about possible directors for episode eight and nine, how I always said, you know, it would be cool if J.J. sits out episode eight because he doesn't want to do two movies back to back, but then comes back to wrap up the trilogy with episode nine. That would be cool. And now that's happening. And I'm going to see how he does that wrapping up, wrapping up the story he began with episode seven. So you factor in all those things. It's just that's why I'm excited for episode nine. And uh, this is that break that we've got of not getting a Star Wars movie this past December. Yeah, I there was points in the month where it felt a little weird where it should it felt like we should be in the theater seeing a Star Wars movie and we weren't. But once we get to December 2019, I think it's going to make it even more special where we had that long of a gap without a Star Wars movie. And it's going to get 
that buzz and excitement I think that we all expect a new Star Wars movie to have that we didn't get with Solo like we talked about earlier. I think it really is going to be back for Episode Nine once we find out the title, the couple of trailers before then. It's That buzz is going to be there, I think, and I just can't wait. It's going to be awesome. And um, just really taking it in that this is going to be the last episode of the Skywalker saga. And that's not, I don't know, because that was the feeling I had with episode three going into it, going into it. And then when it was over, it felt weird afterwards. I'm hoping I don't have that weird feeling because we know there's going to be more Star Wars movies coming. With episode three, I thought that was it. And, you know, it just felt the weird feeling of being satisfied with the movie, but at the same time, I'm not satisfied that that is the last Star Wars movie. I don't think that's going to be the case with episode nine. So hopefully if JJ pulls it off, it should be a great, you know, final chapter to the saga. And that's why I'm most excited for it. So yeah, it's still episode nine amongst all the other great stuff we're going to be getting this year for me. To all me, right, Paul, what about you? Well, I talked about the, at this very moment, the Mandalorian is kind of my, my most anticipated. And it is because just because there's, there's more buzz around it at this moment. And again, I'm probably will get more jazz for episode nine. Once we get a trailer and get, once we get some production stills and, the name or the name of the, the film actually and all that stuff. So right now it's still the Mandalorian just because I love what John Favreau is doing. And there's a lot of just the uncertainty with the Mandalorian is really exciting. Whereas we kind of know like episode nine, we don't know how it's going to end, but we know it's going to end. It's supposed to end. It's supposed to quote unquote end the saga, which I still don't really buy completely. Maybe that's me being, you know, ignorant or, trying to be, you know, contrarian or whatever. But <clears throat> but at the same time, at, at this very moment, I just, the Mandalorians just really, really intrigues me because, again, of the landmark status of what it represents. Because I, like I've been saying on the show for a while now, and people will say before, you know, the Mandalorian really got it, started getting cooking and we got the casting Andor series, I said, and before we got those articles, I started saying, the future of Star Wars is in TV. It's just after Solo, I just had this in my head. I'm like, you know what? The movies, it's, it's you know, Marvel and DC and everything. And it's going to be hard for, you know, Star Wars to, to you know, and after The Last Jedi, I just knew films were going to be a little bit of a tougher sell every year with, you know, with, 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 with what's going on. And, and you know, I just, I just kind of felt like TV and Star Wars were just kind of tailor-made for each other, be- just because of the merchandising alone, as, as I've been saying for so long. And I'm really fascinated of how this is done. And 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 I talked about on my Twitter, and I had you know the, the main account for Saga Continues tweet this out too: is what do people expect as far as the episodes? You know, and, I, and that's one mm-hmm. of the things I'm really, really intrigued about is how is Disney going to promote. Um, you know, the Mandalorian in a sense to where are they going to drop it all at once? Or are they going to do it once a week? And I'll be honest, I'm in the camp of once a week because I, as much as I love binge watching selfishly, I want to binge watch it so I can, I can just binge it all at once. But I also love talking and speculating with all you guys and just getting excited for the next episode. And I feel that you can build a buzz around a show a lot better by doing once a week. And I'm really intrigued because I'll be honest too, I don't know what Disney's going to do, and I'm really fascinated what they do. Because whatever they do, it's a there's a strategy to it. You know what I mean? It's not just a, like fans want this, we're going to do it. No, no. When I did this the, the poll, it was pretty much fifty fifty. Like it was like I think the the week 
the week to week ended up being a little bit more. But let's be yeah. honest. I actually got the results right here. Uh, 55% oh. was once one episode per week, and then yep. 45 was all at once. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so, but even then, that's so close. I mean, that's like, that's pretty much 50 50. So, to me, I feel like whatever Disney decides to do, they did a crap load of research. And because this is a big deal, like they're launching their series, their whole digital platform with the Mandalorian. It is, this is going to be the selling point out the gate. And I kind of feel that whatever they decide to do there, it's like, it's, it's, it's supposed to generate as much interest as they can. I kind of feel like if I, if I'm a betting man and we can, we can take bets now. All right, Tim. So mark this down. If I'm a betting man, I think they release two to three episodes initially and then they or something like that. And they do a week to week or they release it in chunks mm. like they do like two episodes at a time. So you can binge two episodes and then or people can wait to, you know, have it build up and or, you know, so that way they can kind of like have half and half. But I don't think they release it all at once. I'm calling it now. They don't release it all at once. I think it's either week to week, which I think is still a pretty valid like thing that could happen. But I think there's but initially I think they definitely release more than one episode, but they definitely will do some kind of week to week kind of release at some point to generate again the buzz because I, I think people get excited over those things. And I'm really curious of what they do because again, Disney is gonna be really strategic in how they release this. It's a big deal for them. They 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 bought Fox basically to you know to have this and to have content on their you know on this site or on this digital platform so it's it, this is a this is a game changer for them and they, they've got to release they've got to be very strategic about it and so and i know hulu kind of does both from what i understand and who and disney has a stake in hulu so it's interesting um i feel like 2019 is going to be a really good year for star wars content just because you know, we're because of the buildup, you know, we're going to have a celebration. We're going to have a lot of announcements, probably the, the, the double D's, um, Benioff and Weiss, uh, that's true. We'll pro well, yeah, we probably will get an announcement about that at celebration, yeah. but yeah, I mean, will, it, it so. kind of depends because I mean, obviously this year is also going to be the final season of game of Thrones. And so, um, you know, I don't even know how far into production they're going to be on any Star Wars stuff right off the heels of that. But it would be cool to get an announcement about that for sure. I, I think you can expect it. And I think that like all the buildup we're going to get before Episode 9 and The Mandalorian, we're going to start getting those, you know, probably in the later half of 2019. So I kind of feel like it's going to be, you know, the last half of 2019 is going to be just balls to the wall Star Wars, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and like, just like how any, it's like Last Jedi was and everything, but I really feel with the Mandalorian coming out, which again, I think it's coming out in 2019. I'm assuming it is. Um, everyone's saying it is. So. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I feel like we're going to get so much extra content for like tie-in books, comics, novels, you know, not to mention like the uh, Master and Apprentice novel, which, you know. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be really crazy. The last, I'd say, four to five months of 2019 is going to make up and make it a pretty insane 2019. So I think yeah. not even the last four to five months. I think Celebration is going to be the kickoff. 
because that's mm. when we're going to get the first trailers for everything. That's when I get, where we're going to get our first trailer for The Mandalorian, our first trailer for Episode Nine. I'm sure we're going to get a new trailer for The Clone Wars, um, you know, probably with a lot more footage from that final season. Um, you know, and even though it's not as big on people's radars, we might also get, you know, a trailer for... Um, the second season of resistance will also probably at celebration get the first trailer for uh the jedi fallen order game and get a lot of uh you know new details about that for the first time so you know that'll get all the gamers excited um so i think you know just with all those projects that i just mentioned i think we're going to get our first look at a lot of those at celebration and then for the rest of the year it's just going to be a flood of new details i mean it's going to be every every month or even every couple of weeks, there's going to be a new trailer or a new press release or a new, you know, magazine article or some new stills from something in, you know, that range of stuff that I just talked about. So, um, that's going to be really cool to see. And for me personally, I know Tim, you said you're most excited about episode nine, Paul, you're most excited about the Mandalorian. And I got to say, at least as it stands right now, the thing I'm most looking forward to in 2019 has to be the final season of clone wars. Um, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to all that stuff too. I think probably the reason I'm most excited for clone wars is that I'm most invested in it right now. Um, first of all, it's the, out of, out of all those three, cause it would be one of those three, like clone wars, the Mandalorian or episode nine out of all those three clone wars is the only one that we've actually seen footage from. Um, you know, we've gotten a trailer for it already with a couple of scenes from, you know, those final episodes, but also just the fact that I've already been invested in those stories and those characters for, you know, six seasons, plus they're characters from the prequel trilogy. So, you know, I was invested in the stories of Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi even before the Clone Wars. Um, but just the fact that I have just, you know, loved those characters and those stories and loved that show for so long. And the fact that, you know, its cancellation was so heartbreaking. Um, but the fact that, you know, we got, we got the lost missions, we got some of those episodes released in like the animatic form and we got the, the dark apprentice novel. Um, and you just had a feeling that there was some stuff that Dave Filoni was keeping, you know, stashed away just in case. And we kept getting hints about the siege of Mandalore and they talked about it at that Ahsoka panel that one year. Um, and, uh, you know, it was even mentioned in the Ahsoka novel that came out, um, but it was just one of those things that was like, all right, one of these days we got to get this story told. And, you know, I mean, it was maybe it was going to be a comic, maybe it was going to be a novel, but I was just always hopeful that we would get to see that play out on screen. And the fact that we're finally getting that um, and that we're getting, you know, a 12 episode conclusion um, to that series. Um, I am just so looking forward to that. Um, and Paul, with what you were saying about the Mandalorian, as far as the episodes dropping, um, I mean, I'm kind of split down the middle myself at this point because, I mean, I could see them going both ways. I think there are successful shows on streaming services that have used kind of both methods. But I think regardless for me, The Mandalorian, I think I even if they drop all the episodes at once, I'm probably going to space it out and at least watch like one episode a day or something um, because I want to be able to enjoy that a little bit longer. But Clone Wars, I'm probably just going to binge watch on the first couple days it comes out. Um, or at least watch like one story arc a day because we're, you know, it's probably going to be just three um, arcs of four episodes each. 
Um, and I may just like watch one whole story arc every day once that comes out. Um, but I'm just so looking forward to a, just getting more Clone Wars content, but then just finally getting the resolution to those stories and seeing, you know, just answers to questions that we've had for so long, like what happens to Ahsoka and Rex during Order 66 and what happens to Maul and what happens when the Republic goes back to Mandalore and how does that whole situation revolve and how does everything kind of dovetail into the events of Revenge of the Sith. So, um, that's the thing I'm most looking forward to right now. Um, like you guys were saying, I mean, that could change once we get to Celebration and once we, like, see trailers for Episode Nine or for The Mandalorian. I might get more excited for those, but I am still um, just super looking forward to uh, to getting more Clone Wars. That's going to be really special for me. But I'm looking forward to all that stuff and yeah. um, <laughs> just love that there's so much cool Star Wars content on the horizon for 2019. Yeah, you can't go wrong with any of those if you're most excited for one or the other. But like you said, we're just excited for all of it. That's what's making this going to be so much fun. And like I said at the beginning, I'm just so glad we're in 2019 now. No more waiting to get into 2019. We're here, and let's just get all this new content as quick as possible. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, Tim, did you already read the listener responses? Um, we just actually just got one more question. Oh, okay. Um, from the tweet I put out earlier. I put out a tweet for those uh, asking what they're looking forward to, but we got questions in regards to what we're looking forward to and another thing, which is cool. So <laughs> our turn to answer some questions. Um, but the only other one we got, uh, this is probably going to be more for me and Paul, but um, Matt Cranky from the Rebel Cells podcast at the Crankster on Twitter, he asked us, um, what do you guys think of the finale of the Fortress Vader, which is the Darth Vader comic series, the final arc, and the reveal of who created Anakin? Not sure he can be called his father, but definitely creator. And spoilers for those who haven't read Darth Vader 25 yet or are planning to, but there was a page or a panel that shows Palpatine, or just to go into a little bit of what the final issue of Darth Vader was about. Vader pretty much went into like a dark side version of the world between worlds, pretty much. He's in this void that is consisted of like the force the dark side energy and he's hearing voices from the different eras of the saga that just like the world between worlds was and at one point and he's seen all these visions um it's not those like windows where he's looking into the past or the future but it's more like visions he's seen and is experiencing through like dreams too but in one of them as he's making his way through this void he sees uh shmi and she's pregnant and some of the voices he's hearing are voices of palpatine well, you think you see the words unnatural, referring to when he says the dark side as being unnatural. And as you see Shmi being pregnant, holding on to the baby, you see Palpatine kind of having his arms around Shmi, kind of hinting that maybe he was the one who, you know, uh, forced the birth of Anakin or created or the one responsible for the force in creating Anakin. And that's created a lot of speculations as regards to, you know, this is no, not speculations, I should say, more discussions about um, is this a big reveal? And there has been reports as far as like going way back to like the making of episode three that a direction George Lucas wanted to go with was Palpatine kind of being Anakin's father, so to speak. And then you go back to the Darth Plagueis novel where uh, Sidious and Plagueis were in fact responsible for the creation of Anakin. They didn't create him, but their actions, um, what happened to what they were doing, the force responded into creating Anakin. So all that stuff was kind of out there originally, but this comic was kind of hinted that maybe that is the case. So there's been a lot of discussion about that. So um, for me personally, uh, when I read that, that 
didn't necessarily jump out at me right away as far as like the big thing of the issue. The whole issue was fantastic, by the way. <laughs> I was just so engrossed with what was going on there. But then going back and looking at that point and seeing everyone talking about it, um, it can I can see it being taken that way. And I've said, I don't know if I said this before, but I always thought, even though it's not technically canon right now, the events of the Darth Plagueis novel, I always liked that aspect where Palpatine and Plagueis were doing, you know, experimenting with the dark side and going in there like never before that the force had to respond to it in some way and that does uh creating the birth of anakin i always like that aspect that um the creation of anakin as the chosen one was in response to what plagueis and palpatine were doing with the dark side so until anything came out that contradicted that i always in the back of my mind like to think of that as if i needed an explanation for the force creating anakin that was it yeah and, same here and i kind of like how that panel kind of showcase that that maybe is you know even though we haven't seen it in the canon uh timeline yet but the fact that palpatine maybe with plagueis did something and that's why charles soul in that panel um put palpatine over shmi something that he has a little bit of responsibility in the creation of anakin but at the same time too i can kind of think or is that panel just showing that you know even from birth um Anakin was destined to be molded by Palpatine. Like he uh, was always meant to fall to the dark side towards Palpatine. No matter what he could do from birth, Palpatine would always be his destination and seducing him to the dark side. So a lot of, a few different ways you can go with that. So I don't know, Paul, what did you think when you read that issue? It's so funny. It's, it's so funny because I was, I was seeing this from afar about how people were, were discussing the idea of Anakin being Anakin's birth where he came from. And I thought it was really weird. I'm like, what are they even talking about? Where does, you know, because when I read the comic book, like you, Tim, I never even like thought one thing about it. I went, Oh, this is just to me. It was a beautiful kind of, um, gathering of everything about Anakin, the Mm -hmm. future, the past, the present, and how his destiny, he was seeing his destiny right there. That, I, I didn't even take that into consideration because that's a pretty heavy, let's be real. That's a pretty heavy re- revelation. If that is what they're insinuating yeah. in a comic book and let's be real. Lucasfilm isn't going to do that. And now there, de- I think it definitely opens up ideas and the Charles soul comic is so good. Like that comic is, you can read it in like three minutes, but it's a beautiful, it's not a lot of words, but the pictures and the structure is just gorgeous and you could just reread it over and over again i mean the reason why i don't take much into it is because one minute he sees that and then he's fighting everyone like in like all the old jedi at once i mean i'm not in yoda and like i don't know like i i, I tend to think that it's it's mainly foreshadowing like mm-hmm. of 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 the manipulation of you see even, you know, maybe it's, it, it's a, I think it's a, like a literal, you know, manipulating from birth. I don't, I don't ever think that, you know, Palpatine, you know, had a new, I don't know if he knew about Anakin that happened. I, I like to think he didn't, to be honest. And Matt, thanks for bringing that up. Cause I think this was a really good idea um, to talk about, but yeah, this is a, this is something that I think that the comic book does a great job of just insinuating of like giving maybe an idea, but I think it's more of just showing like a literal, like this is, you know, from, you know, from the, when you're very young, Palpatine is going to be manipulating you. And that's what I feel it represents because later on it, it shows you um, of, of, of the, the quote of I am your father and it shows Palpatine 
and Obi-Wan. And, and so like, obviously it's, you know, I, I just, yeah, I never, I never took it as a literal thing. And I'm with you too, Tim, that I love the idea. And a lot of those ideas came from George of, of Plagueis and, and Palpatine, not necessarily being the direct cause of, of the birth of Anakin, but, but more of the result of them tinkering with the force and then the, the force creating Anakin as a, as a reaction. And, and, and again, it's Palpatine not knowing it. Um, when I was, when I was a, a kid, I kind of thought, <clears throat> I kind of thought that the way George shot the trailers was maybe someone was after Anakin and that Darth Maul was after him. Mm. And I always thought, I always liked that idea. I liked that idea from, from my great, like for, if they altered the, the trilogy, that was a George's original idea. And that maybe they had to get Anakin before the bad guys got him. And I always kind of liked that idea a little bit just because that's what I assumed kind of for a while. And then when it didn't happen, I was like, oh, that's weird. Again, I was speculating even back then as a, <laughs> as a, as a young, as a teenager. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, I never, I never once thought that um, Palpatine was Anakin's father. And I don't think he's, I don't think he really is. I think, I think if, if, if Lucas wanted Palpatine to be Vader's father, he would have made him his father. Yeah, he would have went through with that in episode mm-hmm. three if he really yeah. wanted to. I yeah. think I I really do think that I think Plagueis was always meant to be play a bigger part in something, whether or not it's the past or the or the future. No. I don't. <clears throat> oh, God, <laughs> not anymore. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I really do think that there was something he was laying the groundwork for something, and. Um, you know, and, but at this, it had never materialized. And, and when he finally let them do it, because that book was been, when I was doing the research for it, that Plagueis book was in, was in like work for, for years. So, you know, and Lucas was kind of going all over the place about it. So I kind of think that there was some legitimacy to the fact that George really wanted to handle that the right way and wanted to make sure fans knew what he was going for. So I take a lot of the non- like connected into EU uh, legend stuff really can out uh, from the canon, like pretty like seriously. So I look to a lot of those things, like the way, you know, how Palpatine and, and um, uh, Plagueis interact and, and what they do as a byproduct of what, of what George kind of had in mind for that and what was going on. And, and really that uh, is it, I think in Tarkin, they even, I think there's even a mention like that. There's there's mention of them of, of reacting from what they did. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but there is a line. Yeah, in, I don't remember because uh, it's written by James Lucino, and there is. I want to say there's a reference to the fact that um, Anakin and um, the Plagueis and him there was a reaction of some sort. Like there was there's acknowledgement of that. I want to say. So there could be something like that to where maybe that's where um, when Charles Soule was writing the, the story and he said, you know, give me some, like, what can I say about Palpatine? And, and they said, well, you can say this because, again, I, I need to check it because it's in towards the end of the book or it, it, it's in the chapters that Palpatine's in and even has the droid from um, Plagueis. And I remember being like, wow, there's a lot of like references of Plagueis in this Um in this, and I want to say that's in there. Um, and 
that maybe they even said like, you know, he's not directly his father, but like he is a result of of Palpatine and Plagueis together. Maybe that's why he put that picture in there and that in a way, in a very non-direct way that he's responsible for Anakin existing. He's not his father per se, but he's responsible as for like, you know, a reason why he exists. Mm. Yeah. Which is not the same as being the father, obviously. He still comes from the Force. But that would make sense. That picture would make more sense than of the, of the Palpatine manipulating the stomach around uh, um, Shimmy uh, Skywalker. Yeah, I mean, it's all great stuff to think about. There's that one visual panel. And I'm glad you brought up the Obi-Wan uh, Sidious point where it's like, I am your father. Because that is... A great question as far as the bigger influence on it, because um, in response to the question Matt asked on Twitter, Brian Bailey chimed in saying, you know, the better question is who had the more influence on Anakin, Obi-Wan or Sidious? And I loved how that page in, in that issue kind of brought up that question up, not only where I was saying where the image of Palpatine over Shmi indicates that he Sidious was the bigger influence over Anakin, even from birth, that was his destiny. But Anakin had that choice later on in life of who he would, whose footsteps and training or teachings he would follow more of Obi-Wan and or Sidious. And of course we know he chose Sidious at that point, but it's just, man, it all just goes into what a great issue that was. And just what a great series. And this final arc with building the temple on or castle on Mustafar and just oh, man. how it elevated that. <laughs> I mean, that scene was just cool enough in rogue one seeing the exterior of that castle and the inside of it, but knowing how it came about, what Vader had to go through to get a built, why he wanted to get it built and go into Mustafar just, Man, like after I read that issue, I immediately watched that scene in Rogue One again. I mean, it had nothing to do with what Vader was talking about with Krennic, but still in the back of my mind, knowing where that castle came from and what Vader had to experience, it's just so, so cool. And that's what I love about this supplementary material with Star Wars, when you can go back to the movies and look at it in a different way and just have more in the back of your head that you can glean on that makes you mm -hmm. appreciate certain things more. And this is what what that comic series did and why we, we, you and me, Paul, love it so much. And I think a lot of people hold it in high regard as far as being one of the best, if not the best Star Wars comics we've gotten. So, yeah, it's so, so good. Kyle, get on that, man. Read I will, I will. Series. Okay, so one of one of my, my mini goals for the new year is I still have the second trade issue of that, like the one where Vader's fighting Jocasta New on the cover. Still haven't okay. read it yet. I'm going to read that. And then probably go ahead and, you know, get the rest of those as they come out. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm just slow to get around to reading comics. But like when I get into a good series, I really get into it. Back in the day, I used to read all the uh, the old Dark Horse, like Clone Wars comics and the Knights of the Old Republic ones. So I can get into it when I want to. And when there's a good one that grabs my attention. So um, I, I, I'm definitely I, planning I, to get through those Vader ones. I definitely think that once you read the Jocasta new one, you'll you'll start really hitting it. I think the third one's already out. I think I, you know, because from my canon shelf, I think I have it. Um, so and with the new, and after the after so after the Jocasta new, there's one. There's only a couple more after that. So you're by the time you're you're get you'll get caught up. You'll or you read them all. They should all be out. So I definitely think we should have a big. Because I'll reread the whole dang series to to do a big giant like show about it. Because I, I think it's, <laughs> it's, it is is it is I will go down and say it, they are the they are hands down the best Star Wars comics ever written, and it's going to be hard to supplant that series because it's for someone like myself who I'm a self admitted hard hardcore comic book geek. I love the comic book medium, 
I think Star Wars fits comic books like bet way better than novels. Again, my subjective opinion, but just fits the physical medium so much more appropriately. I mean, it can work in novels, but to me, it's just tailor made for comic books, you know. And Charles Soule really gets the heart of you know the comics, and he's a great writer. Gets the medium, gets the characters. It's not flawless. There's a couple of things in there. I'm not like, oh, this is amazing. But I'd say it's it's a nine out of ten, which is that's pretty hard to do for me. I, I've got some high standards for this stuff, and let me tell you, to me to give something a nine out of ten, that's oh, pretty much a perfect score. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. I'm, I definitely nitpick it a little bit, but this is people. I'm telling you, this is the best Star Wars comics you're ever gonna read. You could you if you're never gonna read anything from Star Wars for comic books, that's fine. But go buy this. You will not be disappointed. Buy it digitally, buy it physically, get Marvel Unlimited. I recommend getting Marvel Unlimited. There's lots, that's a great service. Nine bucks a month to get um, all the EU comic books to read and you get all the Vader comic books and they update every six months or they're behind every six months. So they're a little bit behind the current series, but get on it. it this is a this is a, an achievement that I think that is so rare in in star wars right now whereas the other mediums are you know you know basically rebel season four is the closest it comes but i would even argue this is more impactful to me for than rebel season four and and rebel season four has a lot of cool stuff in it but i think rebels but this this uh series of vader comics is does a lot for the character of vader and i highly highly recommend it yeah i will will definitely have to check that out (laughs) Um, well, all right. You know what? It's been awesome to, uh, get back on here with you guys talking Star Wars again. Um, and a lot of great stuff to get excited for in the new year, obviously, as we've been talking about. So, um, yeah. And you know what? I mean, obviously between now and celebration, I don't know if we're going to have a whole lot of stuff to talk about. So we will definitely be still putting out regular episodes. Uh, they might be shorter or we might have, um, you know, we might do some, you know, one-off discussions about comic books or, uh, you know, looking back on like Clone Wars or Rebels or, you know, different topics and stuff like that. But we'll definitely be keeping up with the news as it's coming too. Um, if you guys have any, you know, thoughts or suggestions on, you know, topics that you want to hear us talk about, feel free to let us know. Um, and then once the momentum really starts going and we get, you know, some trailers and some plot rumors and synopsises and screenshots and all that kind of stuff, um, the train's really going to get rolling and we're going to, um, you know, have a great time talking Star Wars here in 2019. So um, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, as always, you guys can find us online. Follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars. The saga continues. Check out our website at StarWarsTSC.com, and you can send us email at StarWarsTSC at gmail.com. Um, and, of course, also be sure to check out ThunderQuack.com for all the all, all the other awesome podcasts in the ThunderQuack podcast network. Um, but that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will see you next time, and may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Godspeed, Rebels! Rebels!